is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, how the heck are you? It is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Already September 19th. Already. Uh, here on the Monty Show, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Never a doubt. You know that you are getting the best service available because you never pay the advocates a penny to talk to one of the best injury attorneys in the business. In fact, you can get to theadvocates.com right now and chat with an attorney live online, 365, 24-7, every day, all day, never a break or an interruption. That's the kind of service you deserve from the advocates at theadvocates.com and a lot going on in the world of football today. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders breaking more records. We'll talk about that coming up. Oh. I know. Every time somebody says to me now, hey man, look dude, when are you going to stop riding Deion Sanders to get people to clickbait? Do you believe? Never. Because did you see how many people watch the Colorado game? Uh, just like one or two. The largest viewership ever in the late night window on ESPN. Uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot, right? We're never. No, I'm kidding. Uh, eventually we will. But uh, we have a little breaking news for you. Uh, and the question is, is Big 12 expansion over? Interesting conversations this afternoon. You know, I'm over here just trying to get around to golf in and not a good one. But that's not really the point. We're on the phone playing golf this afternoon, talking to sources about Big 12 expansion. And a very interesting conversation that we've been working for several weeks is, how about Florida State? trying to get to the Big 12. We had heard about that, but we had never been able to get confirmation until now that the Big 12 and Florida State have had conversations about a possible, what, marriage, nuptial between the Seminoles and the Big 12. And it makes a lot of sense from a football perspective when you look at the brands that Florida State brings to the table, you're good in basketball. They, again, are reestablishing themselves as great in football. Jake, do you like Florida State to the Big 12? Uh, I mean, it's okay. I, I, I think that Florida State would obviously still be a conference contender in the Big 12, just the same way they are uh, in the ACC. I think for the Big 12... You know, Florida State's an interesting proposition because you already have UCF. And I, and I think that Florida State is a situation where you're obviously getting a team this year that is national championship caliber by most people's measuring stick on the football field this year. But I but I think that the word of consistency comes back again. You know, if I'm Brett Yormark and I'm the president of those member institutions that are already there, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Florida State like, man, I'm not so sure that we would want to add Florida State because they've been a pain in the ass for the ACC for a minute now. You know, can you imagine um, having that type of rhetoric and that type of bullish behavior in the Big 12? Like, I'm not so sure that that would fly over so well. I'm not so sure that that would really come across well. And I think that that Florida State is someone who likes themselves a lot. And I think that the Big 12 thrives and, and it has all this unity and this forward momentum because there's not one school over another that's like, yeah, we're the best, we're the best, we're the best, pay us more, pay us more, pay us more. Now, we all know Texas is the best program in the Big 12 right now, but Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. And so who's going to be that new top dog? So for the Big 12, 
I don't know that Florida State could even step into that role. And so for those reasons, I'm not I'm not sold on Florida State to the Big 12 as, as far as how good of a fit that would be. But I do think it's worth the conversation, at least for the Big 12. Yeah, and I think the other, the other headline here is that Florida State and UNC, I am told, have had conversations with the Big 12 about joining the conference. Now, my, my feeling is, and this is something we have not been able to get an answer to, we have called our sources at the Big 12 and we have not been able to confirm or deny these reports. I want to make that very clear. But I would also point out that I think that these are not ongoing conversations, and I want to make that very clear. I think these are conversations that when the Calford situation with the ACC was happening, I absolutely think Florida State, I absolutely think UNC, Clemson, uh, Miami, I think there were a lot of schools in the ACC looking for a backup plan, and maybe that's all this was. But I think it is really important to point out, Florida State, North Carolina had more than just cursory conversations with the Big 12, according to our sources. We're told that Florida State and North Carolina had very serious conversations about what the money would look like, what a transition could look like. The, the question remained, how able is Florida State to get out of that ACC grant of rights, which almost mirrors the grants of rights in the Big 12, including the new one that's about to begin in a year. So there are a lot, there's a lot of legwork if this were ever to happen. But I do think Cal and Stanford joining the ACC pretty much put an end to these conversations. I have no indications that they are ongoing. I have no indications, and I want to make this very clear, I have no indications that today the Big 12 is trying to do all it can do to add Florida State and North Carolina. I don't believe that's the case. I think these were conversations that were happening when instability was the 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 word of the day, if you will, in the ACC. And this makes a lot of sense. And I think it's particularly noteworthy because it shows you the attractiveness of the Big 12 to power brands like North Carolina basketball and Florida State football. I think that is a critical point. Brett Yormark has gone out of his way to make it very clear that basketball is going to be a revenue source for the Big 12. North Carolina certainly fits that bill. But having said that, I think it's also very clear that the Big 12 has taken a big jump forward as it comes to stature and reputation. This league is no longer one that is sullied by the departure of Oklahoma and Texas, by the raid of the SEC. Those days are over in the Big 12. I think stability now uh, is the rule of the day in the Big 12. And I think teams like Florida State and, frankly, everybody in the ACC had a lack of stability when we were talking about Cal and Stanford and the questions surrounding whether or not that would happen. This makes perfect sense to me. But I'm with you, Jake. I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm not willing to sit here and say that Florida State's still a problem child. I think things have calmed down. The temperature in the room of the ACC has come down significantly. So I'm not willing to say that Florida State's a problem. But I think the bigger question here is, would you as a, as a Big 12 fan, would you as a Florida State fan, want to see the Seminoles and the Tar Heels in the Big 12? I think it's a no-brainer. I think Florida State is actually a very good fit. I think when you look at the, the potential that is in Florida right now, it is clearly dominated by, by Florida on the field at the moment. If Florida State goes to the college football playoff, that story completely changes. Mario Cristobal certainly has Miami going in the right direction. Jake, I think if the Big 12 can add more Florida presence, why wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely a lot of credence to that. I I I my biggest thing with you know Florida State as far as them being a problem child or not is just that, you know, once a problem child, gonna be a problem child again at some point. And I and I think that it, it it's a different way of doing business in the Big Twelve. Like in the ACC, it very much is a league of hey the haves and the have-nots, meaning that you know Florida State, you know Clemson, obviously, uh, and this is in football by the way. Obviously in basketball, it's a totally different picture. You know, you've got UNC, Duke, Virginia, you know, and other programs that show up once in a while. But but I just think the ACC is not a level conference. It's very top-heavy. It's not like a really strong top-to-bottom product. And I think the Big Twelve, for the most part, is especially with the additions coming in next year. I mean, again, the the Pac-12's biggest problem is they're too strong top-to-bottom. Their their bottom-half team can beat the top-half team on a random Saturday and ruin their path to the college football playoffs. So. Florida State to the Big 12, I, I I think, doesn't really change a huge landscape outside of the fact that, yeah, you have another really? Florida school. Yeah, because I think that adding Utah, adding Colorado, adding the Arizona schools, like, you, you're trying to push west. You're trying to expand out that way. That's, that's the clear, uh, you know, philosophy for I, the president. I think if you can add a power brand and a power athletic department like Florida State, I think you have to do that. And I, I think, it, one, this is not the first flirtation we've had uh, with Florida State and, and others from the ACC and the Big 12. Two, I don't think this is the last we've heard of this. And I, I think this is such a significant story because I think we are far from done with realignment in the next five years. I think it is going to be a yearly thing. I think depending on what happens with the Mountain West and, and Oregon State and, and Washington State, I think you're going to have some kind of reaction to that. I don't think there's any doubt that if we're talking about the P4 leagues, the ACC is easily the most vulnerable of those leagues. And I think the most vulnerable members were the members most likely to leave the league. I don't think there's any doubt it's Carolina and Florida State. I think Clemson, I don't know what to make of Clemson. I, I do think that without question, Florida State's a power brand. Yeah. There, there is no doubt about that. North Carolina is a power brand. If you can add them to the Big 12, you do that. Well, I think uh, UNC is obvious, right? I mean, isn't that's pretty straightforward. Like, everybody would want UNC. UNC is a basketball powerhouse. I, I, this is a philosophical debate on some level, too, because are you going to make more money in football? Yeah, you are. Does North Carolina make you significantly more revenue just because of their basketball brand? They do. They absolutely do. But if you're talking about making money on ACC additions, Florida State has to be part of that. I, I think there is, I think Mike Norvell is in a very critical moment in time at Florida State. You cannot turn into a bus. That BC performance no. over the weekend, I think that was terrifying if you're a Florida State fan. But in three to five years, I, I have real reservations about the ACC and its viability as a conference. I don't believe that I don't believe that Florida State and North Carolina were close to joining the Big Twelve. the 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 framework for this stuff is being laid now. I do, I don't have any doubt about that. If you look at the if you look at the Big Twelve not wanting to get near you know twenty teams at this point, that's not accidental. I think the infrastructure cost and I think the the marquee and the name brands that are available down the road in expansion were just too great. I think if you look at where the Big Ten is, 
man, I think there is going to be an absolute battle amongst free agents, if there are such a thing anymore, mm. between the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12. And I am not certain that the ACC survives. Frankly, if you are, if you're the ACC, I think they are the weakest of the P4 brands. And it's why it is really important if Oregon State and Washington State win this lawsuit and they wind up gaining control of the Pac-12 brand. That's why this conversation matters. Because if that league survives and the ACC winds up folding, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless. So when we talk about, hey, Florida State to the, to, to the Big 12 from the ACC, North Carolina, those teams in that league, those schools in that league, we're looking for options. And the thing I would remind you is I would look further down the road. In five years, will these leagues be the same? You and I both know they will not. And if the ACC breaks up and Florida State ends up in the Big 12, that didn't happen five years in the future. That started with these conversations, which I am told are less than a month old. So, and indeed, it could absolutely be when Cal and Stanford join the ACC. These are going to be ongoing conversations. There are going to be off-the-record text messages, phone calls, meetings, conferences. You are going to see that the relationships between Florida State and North Carolina and the Big 12, they're not going to weaken. They're only going to get stronger. Schemers trying to control and their little world. Absolutely. Because the next time the ACC is vulnerable is probably going to be the last time. And I don't think anybody doubts that the ACC is going to find itself in a precarious situation again because I also have to believe, as many, many people have told me, Cal and Stanford will become a drag on the ACC. There is no doubt about it. The distance between is just too great. And if you are Stanford and Cal, is the ACC a long-term solution for your athletic revenue and athletic competition needs? It is not. There's just no way that it can be because you're taking so much less money to, to travel and spend so much more money. That's why this conversation matters. That's why the Pac-12 surviving as a brand matters because we're not finished. We're just getting started. And I think, and I don't know what you think, Jake, and maybe in the comment section today, I'd love to hear from you on this. I do not believe for a second that the ACC is on solid footing. Well, no. I mean, how could they be? I mean, I, I, I think that the, the UNC to the Big Ten narrative is a really attractive one if you're UNC. You know, I think Florida State uh, is more of a fit in the Big 12 than they would be in the Big Ten, but obviously the Big Ten is more money. And, and, and I think, you know, honestly, if we're going to have a conversation about looking five to ten years into the future and we're going to talk about change, like – if I'm the Big 12, like, yeah, there's no way I could have gone to 20 in this cycle because I know that I'm going to have to have, uh, you know, viability and, you know, strength of relationship with my TV partners to be able to add when the ACC falls apart. Because if you don't add during that time, you're the next ACC. I mean, that's what we're seeing, right? Like, we're, you didn't have Oregon and Washington going to the ACC, right? They went to the Big 10. You, you didn't have the four corners going to the ACC. They went to the Big 12. So the problem is that that the ACC didn't really have great options to expand with to basically create an insurance policy for for Florida State wanting to leave. That's right. And and I think that's the trouble is like now it's gotten to a point where you have Florida State and a couple of these other 
uh, schools that are working with TV partners to get something done, to forge a path to them leaving the conference no matter what. And that made the ACC go out and add a brand like SMU, with all due respect. And that's the issue. You're forcing your conferences to do things they don't want to do. And again, I will keep saying this. If the ACC had won more recently, if the ACC had made more money like the SEC and the Big Ten have... Man, you love this well, talking it, point. But it's just true. It's just true. Florida State, maybe Florida State wouldn't want to leave if their conference was the SEC, right? If their conference was one of the top but conferences it, but in the country. But isn't that what's so special about North Carolina? North Carolina's got a national championship at, or played for a national championship at basketball two years ago now. Missed a tournament this past year. Like, North Carolina is that brand... And it's what I've said, and I know that Florida State fan comes out spitting piss and vinegar over this. I think North Carolina is the best brand in the ACC. Suck my ass. Well, and I understand you get upset about it. Florida State fan loses their mind over this, but is it even arguable? And I'm not sure that Florida State's the number two brand in the ACC. Now it probably is. Notice he said brand, not football team. But is there a bigger is there a bigger athletic brand in the ACC than North Carolina basketball? No, I don't think there is. Well, and I think you know you look at Duke and Duke's not been the same guy since Coach K retired, and and I think Duke that's, that's is not tough. Duke. Like you knew that Duke was going to go through a transition period. You knew they weren't going to be exactly the same. Uh, but I think if you're the ACC, Duke basketball has always been that juggernaut in your conference to compete with UNC, and and that's what I think is tough. Like. I see UNC still competing at the top of the game. Not that Duke has fallen way off, but you know what I mean? Like, hey, if you're not competing for national championships the way you were under Coach K, like, it's not the same thing. Well, you haven't won a championship in almost 10 years. I mean, it's it's 2015 since you won a, an NCAA tournament. And we haven't even gotten the Dabo not winning on the football field. And, and so that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't even think Clemson's in the conversation. No, but my point is, is that if you're the ACC, you're seeing some of this across the board now. You're seeing Dabo not win as much. Duke's not winning as much on the basketball Florida floor, State, right? football's not winning Florida as much. Florida State's not winning as much. Miami's like, not Miami. Right? My, and they're trying to come back, right? I agree. Mario's got them going in the right direction, but they're not what they were. So that's why I'm saying, like, yeah, I do love the winning narrative because it seems like the conferences that win all the time end up getting paid the most money and don't have to worry about whether the conference is going to dissolve. It matters. And again, it's it's why I point so passionately to North Carolina. I mean, obviously, you haven't won a championship since 2017, right? But you were runner-up in 2022, um, you know, you've been to the final four, like you've been in the conversation, you, you have been relevant in college basketball and now Duke obviously has had a ton of recruits, Zion, the least yeah. of which, Yeah. but you know, you look at the RJ Barrett's, the Kyrie Irving's like, I mean, you look at the, the names who have gone through Duke. I'm not at all insinuating Duke basketball is dead or John Shire's terrible. None of that. But my point is North Carolina continues to be relevant. And I think when I look at the ACC, I still maintain the biggest brand is North Carolina. And I I go back to what we've reported about the Big Ten not wanting to go to 20. I think the Big Ten would very much like to add Notre Dame football, and they would very much like to add North Carolina basketball. And if they get North Carolina, I don't think there's any doubt that they would like to have every bit of Notre Dame uh, athletics in the, in the Big Ten. Yes. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Does the ACC survive? My feeling is it does not. 
I think in five years, the ACC is going to be vastly different than it is today. And I think Florida State's going to be in another league. I think Carolina is going to be in another league. I don't know. Are NC State and Carolina still, you know, you know, tied at the hip? Maybe. Is Clemson going to the, the SEC? I've heard that a million times over the last we six weeks. We built this program on NIL. I've heard it repeatedly that Clemson's going to the, the SEC. We'll see. I don't know. But what I do know is Florida State and North Carolina, according to our sources, have spoken to the Big 12 and had conversations, very serious conversations about, hey, what would it take? What does it look like? It, doing their homework, doing their due diligence as they should be. And I think Brett Yormark has shown you he can act swiftly and he does not mind going after big fish. Yeah. And I think, I think again, it, it just is, it is, it is, expansion will never be over. Yeah. Expansion will never, ever be over in the Big 12, in college football, in college basketball. I think you are always going to be fighting for it. And as I think you probably should. Because Florida State and North Carolina are worth fighting for. Yeah. All right. Let's get your comments in here. Less of us, more of you. Make sure you hit the like button on the Monty Show. You know, we're also pushing towards 50,000 subscribers on the Showgram. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who has subscribed to our show. You know, in the last 28 days, we've added 14,400 subscribers. Let's go, baby. That is wild in my mind. I appreciate every one of you that is here. Please make sure you give us a thumbs up. And if you are not subscribed, please consider subscribing. Uh, the Monty Show is, as always, presented by Bucked Up Energy. The official energy drink of the Monty Show is Bucked Up. In 2016, we started out as a sports nutrition company. We started getting into energy drinks about two years ago. We're on pace to do about 30 million energy drinks this year. Come check it out. We just got in variety packs. We got some of our three best flavors. We got Blood Raz, Rocket Pop, and Mango Tango. So if you've never tried Bucked Up, now's the time to try it. Variety packs. Variety packs of Bucked Up Energy are available now at buckedup.com. And the fact that Mango Tango, one of our favorite Bucked Up Energy drinks, is in the variety pack, get to buckedup.com right now. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout. And again, what makes Bucked Up different than all of the other brands out there? Quality ingredients that make quality products that do exactly what they say they're going to do. My fault. I want to blame Jake, but it's my fault we played shitty golf today because I did not bring <laughs> I did not bring the buckshot from the Monte de Casa Crib Dilly Dilly right. in, you know, the place where we'd be staying and procreate in any way. The point is I did bring um, the buckshot to the golf course this morning, shot an eight over at Glenmore golf course in uh, South Jordan. Not the good. Dynasty is not over. I am. The dynasty is not over. I will break par before I'm dead. Probably not. But the point is buckshot helps us golf better. Bucked up energy. Every single day. We tell you on the show, Grim, we drink bucked up. We hit the buckshot. I've got blue yeah. Raz in my hands today. You guys, can you see it? Yes, sir. Right there. And you know what I love about this? I had a headache yesterday. Mrs. Monty had a headache this morning. What did she do? She popped a little buckshot. It's a great headache here. <sighs> Knock it down. Bucked up. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty20. Get 20% off at checkout. Who's in the comments section today? Cleveland Rocks. It gives us $5. Ooh. 
bad, bad knee injury for Nick Chubb last night. Our greatest running back since Jim Brown. His career's probably over. Watson looks completely lost. Head coach is mediocre. The positive, we play Chicago this year. <coughs> See, had to torch see, the Bears. Y- you just had, had to, to do work it. it in right there had at to. the end. Dude. And I appreciate that you paid $5 to do it. Because I should pay you $5 to tell the truth about the Bears, and that is that they're horrendous. Um. Uh, Rick Jr. for nine ninety nine. All right, Hacks, do your thing and spill the beans on the Big 12 expansion noise. I believe we did. Zesty's Retro and Games a member for six months. Let's go, baby. Okay. Let's go. Thank you, Zesty. Let's go. Six months, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, beat BYU, Max Tuli. <laughs> BYU linebacker will be here in two hours. He'll join the show to get you ready for Kansas. John Teal for $2. SFU gives Big 12 a true blue blood. Imagine versus Prime. Mm, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. TJ Beck for $5. Who wins the Big 12 next year? Utah or Colorado or... Oh, man. I think a year from now, there's going to be a lot of teams that are a lot better, a lot higher level of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to believe that UCF gets better. By the way, UCF fan... Get crawl out of my ass on Twitter, please. <laughs> like, when did we become the anti-UCF Twitter account? Hugh Janus. We have supported UCF roundly on this show. And I get them, and they're like, hey, if we beat Kansas State, will you will you say nice things about us? Are we clear on that? Dude, we talk about flipping UCF all the time. Mm, yeah, John Reese Plumley. And I said, JRP, without JRP, you're not the same team. We'll find out this weekend. I know, Reese. But uh, by no means... UCF fan, do you need to remind us about UCF? We're huge oh, fans of no. the bounce. No, we're huge fans of the bounce house. Uh, Kenneth Maynard, UNC is the biggest brand not in the SEC or Big Ten, other than Notre Dame. Flagship Appademic. Hello, hello. I didn't do Appademics very well. A um. flagship academic powerhouse in a booming market. They can pick where they go. I would agree with that. UNC. I think UNC is very. Very, very appealing to just about everybody. Uh, look at that. My goddamn left fielder hit a home run today. Kyle Schwarber, good to see you. Uh, how about Shaner, a member for a month on hey, the show? Hey, Shaner. Members only content. Let's go. Uh, I want to play in the ACC, said no athletic department ever. Well, except SMU. <laughs> and Stanford and Cal, but, you know, you know, Cal didn't really have a choice. But, they didn't you know. really, you know. Ryan Willie for $5. Will NBC push Notre Dame to the big? Um, I think the only thing that can make Notre Dame football join a conference is scheduling depletion. If, they are, if this next automatic qualifier college football playoff equation includes a minimum of P5 opponents – and again, remember what we're talking about. The automatic qualifiers for 2024 when the conference, the, the uh, college football playoff expands, they are not set. That is that is up in the air for negotiation. And the G5s are, are significantly represented on the college football playoff committees. And I think the G5s are going to want their, their spots at the table. And I think there's no doubt that the highest ranked conference champion in the G5 will, in fact, get an automatic qualifier. Yeah. But will there be a G5 at large? We don't know that yet. And if there's not, will G5s push to make sure that all the P5s have to play nine or ten conference games? Y'all want to play. 
I think that's absolutely a lever that the G5 teams can pull. And if I'm the G5s, I absolutely am pulling that lever because there is no question in my mind that teams like Georgia are getting a free ticket to the college football playoff. Yes. Look at that schedule. You look at Ohio State this weekend. One of the conversations today is Ohio State at Notre Dame, the biggest game of the weekend. More to the point, is it the biggest game of the year for both Notre Dame and Ohio State? Notre Dame are mother. And it might well be the biggest game of the year. And that's very telling for Ohio State because Ohio State and Michigan don't play anybody. Georgia absolutely does not play anybody. USC, I think, has one of the easiest schedules in the in the Pac-12. These major brands are having free rides to the college football playoff. And I think if you're not going to give two automatic qualifying spots to the G5, they're going to make that ride a whole hell of a lot bumpier. And I think as they should. If I am a G5 athletic director, if I'm a G5 representative in the college football playoff committee system, I'm trying to bust balls and make the the P5s play nine or ten conference games. Yes, yes, suck it up, man. You guys have an auto bid to the college football playoff. As you said, Georgia's got a free ticket. See what he did there, ticket? Free Georgia's ticket. got a free ticket to the college football playoff, and they rolled up in their first team all SRT squadron. We get it. Uh, yeah, wow. if I was the G5, yeah, wow. I'd be busting balls too. Yeah, I think it is going – I think you have to. If you are the G5 in this conversation, you have to push for 9 to 10 conference yes. games. There, there's just no doubt about that. Kyle Wilson for $5. We are moving to a two-conference Super League. And as an Oregon State alum, first of all, we're not moving to a two-conference league. We're not moving to two super conferences. I don't think we will ever get anywhere near that. I'm not the guy that's like, okay, conference number one with 700 members. That's Here not I am. Me. Why would anybody want – how many teams are in a super league? And I think this is a fascinating conversation. Ask yourself this question. How many teams make up these super leagues? Because you're, let's say that you have four leagues right now that have what? How many? Let's just say they, you know, 16, 18. Okay. So if we're looking at 80 teams, how, are you telling me we're going to have two 40 team super conferences? No. Why would anybody sign up for that? Well, I think the tough part is, is it's it's super uncharted water. So like you don't know, none of us know how the the group of TV networks would respond to uh, what I would call a dual conference setup, right? Two two super conferences. It's like it's almost like the NFL at that point, right? You've got two conferences, you know, at the NFL, fifteen each or whatever. Like you know, in college football, it'd be bigger than that. I think you'd have to have at least twenty five each. Uh, but I think the the real question is, and this this really applies to the ACC first and foremost. Like, if your conference blows up or whatever or dissolves, and let's say like the top dogs, Clemson, UNC, Duke, Virginia, right. Florida State, they all survive and they move on to you know another power conference, wh- whatever it might be, you know, uh, of the three left. But the ones that don't make it, right? The you know whoever you want to point to, your low end ACC team. Do they just get relegated to the G5s? I mean, is that is that what we're doing? So basically, we're going to we're going to chop this thing down. Hey, the power conferences are getting smaller, but we're widening out the base at the G5 level because if that's the case, yeah, the G5s are going to push for 10 game 10 game schedules or more, obviously at that point. 
and you're going to have to abide by what they think. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. And, and so, I, I just don't see that as a realistic possibility. But you can't deny. You can't deny. First, the Pac-12 melted down, mm-hmm. and now we get we're getting. I wouldn't even say smoke yet. It's too early to say it's smoke, but I would say you know we're starting to heat up a little bit. Like I think that there's in the ACC, too, yeah, there's too much conversation. I think it. it is a foregone conclusion at this point. The ACC and its current incarnation is is very short lived. I, I don't. I don't have any. It, I mean, is there anybody watching this show right now? Of the three thousand people who have watched the show today, is there anybody who thinks that the the ACC in its current form survives another three years? No, but isn't that isn't that what we were getting on the Pac-12? Right, like we were. The conversation on the Pac-12 was, hey, this conference is going to change, but they're going to survive, right? I mean, they're going to lose some schools, but they're going to survive. No, that's true. That's what we were told, or what everyone was talking about with the Pac-12. And so I think there's a lot of fear out there about the ACC. I'm not saying the ACC is going to dissolve tomorrow, or even in three years or five years. What, but what I am saying is that if the ACC were to dissolve. At that point, definitively, we're heading to a two-conference system. But it's going to take a lot for that to happen. I I still... I'm just asking, if it's a two-conference system, are we going to have 20 teams every... And that's it? Because you you can't tell me that of the hundreds of universities across this country that currently compete, you can't tell me they're going to like, yeah... But it's not hundreds in football. It's only hundreds in all the sports that no, don't matter. It is, but it is hundreds. What is it? If you look at the D1 level, are you telling me every Division One university at the D1 level is going to be like, yeah, I give those 40 schools. They're the ones that are, let them have all the money in the championships. But my point is, I don't think it's going to be up to them. That's what, that's what I think the issue is, is that is that you have this top cut of school that – is constantly in the top 25 or constantly, you know, you know, in the elite eight, right? They're really good uh, uh, athletically. And so they, over the years, they've made all this money and they're getting the payments and they're building their coffers. And so they have a lot of power in, in the conversation. And so, yeah, is, is a, is a, 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 a school that's a, happens to be a D one school in a power five conference or even out of a power five conference, let's say. I mean, Abilene Christian. Dude, nobody gives a damn what From Abilene the Christian has to say, dude. Nobody cares, bro. Like, with all Bethune due respect, Cookman. dude. Like, at least with Bethune Cookman, you've heard of them, dude. Abilene Christian, like, I've heard of heard Cal of them. Baptist. But, like, come on, man. Come on, man. Central Connecticut State. Like, nobody cares. Nobody Listen, cares, I dude. Think, I think it's crazy if you believe that we're going to two conferences. Because I, I just, I'm just i just going to ask you, somebody th- put a number out. Of all the people who say, oh, we're going to two super conferences, bitches. Okay, how many teams? 30 apiece. So you think it's just 60, yeah. 60 universities that compete for the highest, the highest level of college football in this country? Well, but here's my point. Isn't that what we're already doing? No. No, it's not. If, if you – you're eliminating – G5s at that point because any, any, anybody in the ACC, anybody at the bottom of the Big Ten, Purdue, Indiana, um, Rutgers, Maryland, they just disappear? 
Well, nobody's saying they just disappear, but they haven't appeared in the last how long? But who cares? That doesn't mean that you can just you know flush them like they're excrement. Like, are you kidding but, me right but, now? But the point is, is that's what we just did in the Pac-12. Yeah. That's I, literally what we just did. I don't see a super conference setup happening. I, I don't think that there is any way, shape, or form that that happens. Wow. I would be stunned. I would be at least not in the current incarnation of college sports. I could see, listen, could I Could I see tears or, you know, I, I, there's sure there could be lines of demarcation. Hey, you know, I, I don't know. Relegation is never coming to North American no, sports. No. Forget the word relegation. It's not no, happening. What, what I'm saying is that, is that, like my opinion is, is that like Indiana is an example. When's the last time you heard about Indiana doing anything? Indiana basketball is incredibly relevant. Wow. Indiana basketball in the Big Ten is very relevant. There is no, it's one of the the best brands of basketball in the Big Ten. Now, is Indiana football viable on some level? On some level, is Purdue a football university? It used to be. Drew Brees says so, but they're much more of a basketball school. The bigger story is like Rutgers. What happens with the Mel Tuckerless Michigan State University now? What happens with, you know, small school that's just not relevant yet Vanderbilt? Is Vanderbilt relevant in anything other than women's basketball? Baseball. Okay, baseball. But again, that's not revenue generating for the most part. That, that I, I cannot see it too. Three, maybe three. I think you have to have four. At a, at a minimum, and if you're only going to have four, they all probably have to have 25 teams. But, again, I, I just uh, – and I don't disagree. But you look at look at the AP Top 25, like it's the same caliber of school. Like, I, I – sure, Indiana's got a good basketball program. Yes, they do. They do. But they're not – like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think that Indiana is, like, you know, pulling any kind of – they don't have a huge voice in the room. Like, I think if you're talking about brands that control things, like, obviously, we have our usual suspects. And my point is, those usual suspects have been making more money than schools like Indiana for how long now? And when you have more money, you've got more control and more of a voice. And and that's the problem in college athletics right now, is that the teams that win are getting more exposure, so more people see them. But then what do you like, say to SMU? What do you say? They bought their way in. Okay. If you want to buy your way in, fine. Somebody will take you. So then it's all about money. Is it, I mean, that's the case now, no? I don't, I, I don't believe it is. Florida State doesn't have more money than anybody else. Why would they be out to... to... But why is Florida State upset? Florida State's upset because they think they should be getting paid more money than anyone yeah. else in the ACC. Yeah, I don't see two super conferences ever coming to fruition in college sports. I, I, I just think there are too many hurdles to climb. Yeah. I truly do. Um, Kyle said, we're moving to a two-conference Super League, and as an OSU alum, I hate it. Relegating over half the teams in FBS, regardless of record, is bad business. And I, I just don't think that's but happening. But what is good business? What What's good business, right? So if that's bad business, and I don't even necessarily disagree, I'm not saying it's a good idea from every single angle. Like, again... Anytime you change something in college athletics, there's always going to be the bad side to it, no matter what you do. So the question really is, what brings the healthiest system for everybody involved? 
because I can tell you right now, uh, Rutgers isn't getting paid. Right, Rutgers like, is not getting paid. Like, like um, I, I, I don't know, uh, Nebraska until this year wasn't really getting paid recently. Yeah, outside of the fact they're in the Big Ten with that, with that, you know, TV deal. Like, yeah. That's my point. Like, I'm, that's why I keep saying, like, it's not just the SEC schools. Like, look around college football. It's the big brand in each conference that just seems to eat every single year, and then everyone else is just kind of sitting here going with the flow. So what happens when the ACC dissolves and little guy in the totem pole has nowhere to go because the Big 12 has been waiting. The Big 12, let's say, hasn't gone to 20 because they've been waiting for the bigger brands, and nobody gives a damn about low-end ACC school. That's well, look the problem. At, look at Boss Frog. We're going to as many conferences that the networks dictate. Yeah. Unless the Mountain West or Americans start spitting out national championship programs annually, the networks are in control. By the way, hello, Jake. <laughs> hey, Boss Frog's here. <laughs> he just wanted boss, I, boss, I, I admire your uh, uh, determination saying hi to me every day. Thank you. Hi, Jake. Hey, buddy. Uh, Boston, Boston Mapes. Hey, Boston. 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 Hoping to see the Cougs step up for the biggest game in recent history and make those Kansas fans eat Jayhawk. Let's get Kalani. Working on Kalani. They've said no for like a month straight. Uh, but again, Max Tooley joins us in, after practice today, so 5.30, Uh We'll keep you up to date on that. Ryan Willie has been a member for a month now, Ryan. Let's go, baby. Appreciate you. I think there will be three super conferences with 24 teams. Oof. Scheduling. Okay, great. Three conferences. You, but you see my point, right? Yeah. It's like, we're going to be in this place where, where okay, two, three conferences, whatever. Like, five conferences is not viable anymore because people want the same amount of access. I agree with that. You can't have Oregon and Washington, two power brands, not getting the same level of access as Ohio State because of geography and time zones. That's a problem, which is why Oregon and Washington, you know, made the move they did. And and again, I just keep pointing this out. Like, you know, I think that Brett Yormark understands the the way things are moving. He sees the path in front of him. He sees the fact that, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm not, my conference doesn't make uh, what the Big Ten makes off the TV deal. But what is my conference? Well, it's necessary. It's needed. And so if Brett Yormark in the Big 12, let's say we do go to a three-team system. I guarantee you Brett Yormark will have that conference position to be necessary, to be a, a, a thing that has to stay. I don't disagree with you on that. Kenneth Maynard, uh, for $2, Wake Boston College should be planning AAC invites. Perfect example. How did Boston College Perfect lose example. that game this weekend? So, so we're sitting here watching Boston College take a dump on the field. And now, and and then Boston College fan wants to oh. complain uh, about not getting equal opportunity, or why are we not? Maybe on don't TV maybe more. don't pull like, that Florida State face mask, and you'd have won the game. By the way, I think there's another conversation, probably not for today, but I think there's a serious conversation about schools that should or should not be playing football. Like it seems like every school wants to play football, but not every school can afford to play football. Or, uh, from a pop profitability standpoint. Yeah, that's a different fucking show, man. You ain't wrong about that. Delaric, my guy, what's up, Delaric? $5. I think ESPN, Fox, et cetera, are wanting power three to 20 teams each and then start getting the group schools to 20 after getting power set up. I mean, maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know. I, I think that ESPN will have a significant voice in whatever happens. Yes. Because they currently are the, are the moneymaker in college football. There's no question about it. And I'll just go back to Coach Prime and everybody, all the red asses saying, why don't you guys talk about Coach Prime every single day? Maybe, oh. I don't know, maybe you guys could talk about Bethune-Cookman. We talk about Coach Prime and we don't talk about Bethune-Cookman because Coach Prime, Colorado, did you guys see this number? Did you guys see the number that Colorado and Colorado State did? An astounding $9.3 million viewers. I'm for real. The single largest late window game ever. I'm for real. On ESPN. Mm. And one of the five largest audiences in the history of college football on ESPN and ABC. Yes. Well, hey, why don't you guys talk about Sac State? Can we get a little Sac State conversation on? No, you can't. Well, what about Fresno State? No, you can't. <laughs> they won 29 nothing, bro. Congratulations. No. I, 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 bro, I thought you said 9.3 million. Georgia did four, uh, 5.4 million against South Carolina. Coach, do not, you believe two in the the game was on at two in the morning? <laughs> Hello, like, are you serious? Why do you think Jake, Jake, and I are playing really shitty golf this morning? He's like, "Hey, man, why do you think USC's kick off at nine o'clock Pacific?" Like, literally, look at look at this. I think we have the 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 Pac-12 graphic they put out about this. Are, are you for real right now that that USC is at <laughs> nine a.m.? What? <laughs> Bro. Oh my God. Bro. Look at the look at the look at these kickoffs, man. 9 a.m. Pacific time, USC at Calorada. Nine at like uh, that's next Saturday. <laughs> like that's wild. Arizona State and uh Cal on the Pac-12 network. Dude. And then of course you have Utah and Oregon State on FS1 at Seven Mountain. Why are we kicking off USC in Colorado? At 9 a.m. Oh, that's right, because it's Coach Prime. And it's on Fox, and Fox wants its pound of flesh. That's Big why. Big noon kickoff. All that matters is the East Coast viewer. But if you think about it, what did Boss Frog say? Hey, the TV networks are going to get what they want. Fox wants Coach Prime on Fox. Okay, let's kick off at 10 a.m. For the second time this year. Because remember, Colorado and Nebraska, what time did they kick off? Yeah. Yeah, they kicked off at 10 a.m. Want it? Yeah. They, they they're thirsty. Yeah. I, I mean, it is it is unbelievable. And by the way, Colorado fan, let's relax with hey, we're beating USC. Let just chill out, dude. I don't care what time that football game is. USC's beating that ass. Uh, real quick before football at 50, I do want to get to Coach Prime. Um, talking about this Henry Blackburn hit. You remember on Travis Hunter, he got knocked out and. It's really stupid, and I hope nobody on this show did it, but Colorado fans sending death threats to Henry Blackburn and his mother and publishing their phone numbers over the Travis Hunter hit, uh, please don't do that. Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. 
He made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it he was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. That that's This is still a young man trying to make it in life, a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree, uh, committed to excellence, and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Someone must win. Someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day. Very unfortunate. I'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats. I would hope and pray not. But that kid was just playing the best of his ability, and he made a mistake. So I forgive him. See you. Um, our team forgive him. Um, Travis, is he's forgiven him. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's absolutely move on. Let's stop sending college kids death threats. Oh, Dion's an idiot. You guys don't know anything about Why Dion. Why do you guys always talk about Pine? Coach Pine. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Henry Blackburn, that prick? I I think it was one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen. I am and I am I am a passionate believer that Henry Blackburn should have had his ass thrown out of the game. Uh-huh. I'm not sending him death threats. He's a human being. This is a football game. Yeah. Let's not be stupid. And, you know, I mean, it, it, the, at the end of the day, you guys, I think there is there is no doubt that Henry Blackburn understands football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show is presented by Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks mobile app. Click the link in the description below. Get prize picks 100% deposit matching. Now, again, Deshaun Watson kicked me in the balls last night. Yeah, you mean Washcloth didn't, uh, you know, pull it out last night? No, that was back in a hotel in Houston. But my point is, prize picks is amazing. We were all going back and forth in the Monty Show member exclusive only Instagram chat group. And Boss Frog, speaking of which, when are you going to download the prize picks app? Use the promo code Monty to get 100% um, deposit matching. Uh, Cleveland loses Nick Chubb for the season. Jake, is Kareem Hunt the replacement? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a great option. No no doubt about it. I, I He's not Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a special player. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, just a really unfortunate hit there. Uh, gnarly, gnarly injury. You know, don't ever want to see that on a football field, but unfortunately it does happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Kareem Hunt can be productive for them. Now, can he be any, like, can he even be 60% of what Nick Chubb was able to provide you? I don't know. Uh, what I do know is Kareem Hunt is not half bad in the flat. Uh, you know, no. was really explosive in the A-gap for, for the Chiefs when he was there. Uh, and, and I do think that Kareem sorry, Hunt is an option. did you say he exploded in the A-gap? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think Kareem Hunt's a great option. The problem is Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. Dudes, we got to talk about Deshaun Watson because I, I don't know what to believe or feel about this. I think Deshaun Watson is done. I'm looking at a guy who, it's cool you can throw the ball seven yards on a rope, dude, but he can't throw a deep ball anymore. He, every deep ball he threw last night, I felt like went out of bounds or did not have a chance to be caught. Like, 
I just don't think Deshaun Watson is any longer the special athlete and quarterback he used to be. No, I mean, he's not the same guy that he was. There's no doubt about it. And, and I think this conversation of can he ever get back to any semblance of that is really tough because, again, like I think people grossly underestimate how difficult it is to play quarterback in the NFL, to understand the speed and the angles and, you know, to have that natural rhythm as a quarterback. Like, when you sit out for two years, dude, you lose that natural rhythm. Like, yeah. I don't I don't care how much weight room time you put in or how many high school football field workouts you want to you wanna do. You, playing in an NFL game, having dudes running at your face and still making the throw, you can't replicate that, man. And, and I just think he's really struggling with that right now. Yeah, I think... With this hit on Nick Chubb, did you think the hit on Chubb was dirty? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely, he was walking a fine line with that hit. I, that's a really low hit. Uh, and and Nick Chubb was know. engaged with a tackler yeah. high. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick went at his knee. But this is that whole argument of hit him high, get a penalty. Hit him low, get criticized for blowing his knee out. Like, well, I think what's tough is like you're you're down. You know, weren't, weren't they? In, they were in the red zone. Like you yes. were down, sort of in tight quarters. And there. Nick Chubb was dominating. Yeah, and and I think that the hard part is like, yeah, you're right. Like you can't go in and lead with your helmet and drop a guy that way the way you used to be able to do that. And I no. think I think that that what we don't talk about is the fact that in the NFL, little games like that go on. I, I mean, again, not to go back to Colorado, but this is the Travis Hunter thing. Like, why do you think they went and did that? Because they needed to slow down Colorado. So I don't know if it was a dirty hit. I don't think that Minka Fitzpatrick intentionally tore three ligaments in dude's leg. Like, I don't think he went out and was like, yeah, let me see how I can hurt Nick Chubb today. But I do think that, yeah, hey, how are we going to slow down Chubb? What can we do? How can we punish him uh, within the rules? Yeah, that absolutely goes on, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Uh, is Monday Night Football cursed? You've had some gnar flipping injuries on Monday Night Football, least of which Aaron Rodgers, uh, Damar Hamlin, Kyler now, Murray, Kyler Murray now, Nick Chubb now. Like, is Monday Night Football curse? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something something to this. I, I, I you had been saying for how long that Kyler Murray runs too much, and at yes. some point that's going to come back to get you. Well, it came back to get him on Monday Night Football, and and you know. I, it, the Nick Chubb thing, this is not the first time we've seen an injury like this in the league, but man, it never seems to 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 lack, you know, power. Like every time you see something like that happen to a running back, you're like, damn, dude. And as far as DeMar is concerned, I, had, I saw people on Twitter being like, oh, well, Joe Buck said that they didn't want to show the replay because it was terrible, but we were happy to look at the DeMar Hamlin situation over and over again. And all I'm saying is that, yeah, we didn't know what happened to DeMar. The dude literally just fell over. This was like a gruesome leg injury, legs bent in ways it shouldn't be. So yeah, is it is it cursed? Yeah, I think it's I, I I think that you know we've had some pretty bad stuff happen on Monday Night Football. Cursed might be strong, but yeah, it just seems like when dudes are playing in big games and sending it, yeah, they sustain injuries. Yeah, I I don't need to see the Nick Chubb injury again. If you guys saw it, Jesus. Like, I mean, or excuse me, cheese and rice. Yeah. That was one of the gnarliest, nastiest injuries I think we've seen in recent times. Yeah. Oof. That was, uh, yeah, not good. Not, uh, oof. Not good at all. Uh, real quick on a couple of quarterback situations. Um, is Derek Carr a good fit for the New Orleans Saints? 
I'm telling you he is. Is he what's wrong with the, the New Orleans Saints? I don't know that he's what's wrong with them. I mean, I obviously, like, they had some nice plays last night. But, I, but what I saw last night, especially in the first half, is too much reliance on Michael Thomas, you know, whether it was the out routes, the stuff underneath. Like, like Michael Thomas is a big play guy. Michael Thomas is someone that should be breaking the defense. And 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 I think it's not Derek Carr's fault that, they're, that those are the route trees and those are the plays being called. I thought Derek Carr looked decent last night. Now, did he look great? No. No. There were some bad throws, some throws he should have made. But do we have a lack of quality receivers in the NFL? Do we have a lack of guys that are willing to go and get the football? Well, I think that the tough part is, is now because of the new rules, or I say the new rules, the modern day NFL rule where you can't go head hunting, guys are going body hunting. So if yeah. you're going to throw it over the middle, you're going to pay a price. And that's why I think we don't see a lot of over the middle stuff the way we used to. You don't see that long crossing route coming from left to right or right to left. You see posts, you see a lot more, you know, angular routes, I guess, yeah. like guys who are not just coming right to left or left to right. And I think yeah, we don't see a lot of dudes that want to go after it because I think, again, the premiums that these teams got to pay for top-end talent is mm. getting out of hand. Yeah, uh, Mike Smith says, it's Cleveland's QBs are less than 50% while playing for the Browns. It's a known fact. Anytime a, Q a, a QB plays for the Browns, they suck. Yeah. Bryce Martin, how are you, Bryce? Uh, he just had to be uh, good to win that game last night. He wasn't even that. No, he wasn't. No, he was not. Uh, Jim Choi Watson got a private meditation coach on the sidelines. He really wanted a sideline masseur. See what he did, a masseur. Stay hard. You know, a masseur under the washcloth. Uh, Tanner Plummer, uh, sorry about Justin Haybear and the Chargers, Monty. Justin Herbert is uh, one unbelievably, unbelievably good-looking human. Uh, number two... He's not the problem with the Chargers. Now, I'm not even going to say his name. Might want to find a head coach who can coach. Might want to do I, that. I like Brandon Staley's little speech. Why the did other you day. say his name? I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to the season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we've played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our team is connected. Our team has played its heart out in two games, and we've lost two tough games. But there's, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And if you ask anyone in our locker room, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And that's just the truth. It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else, but it's not the truth. We've lost two tough games, but the guys in that locker room, the men in that locker room, they are finishers and they have what it takes and we're excited to prove ourselves. Yeah, we just lost a game in overtime, Jeff. So how do you think the mood is? How do you think the mood is? How do you think it is? It's tough, it's tough. It's a tough, it's tough group in there. There's a lot of pride in that room. Okay, and we put a lot into this, and we got a good football team. And so we've lost two tough games. We've got to bounce back, learn from our mistakes, and be ready for Minnesota. All right, guys. Hey, uh, Coach. Coach, you guys just got boat raced guys, again. Guys, 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 guys. Uh, what's the mindset of the football team? What the f do you think the mindset <laughs> What do you think the mindset is, sir? We just lost again. Dude. I love it. You suck as a football coach. I love the fact that you're like, what do you think the mindset is? Jerk off. Like you so just, pissed. You could just tell in his head. Oozing, oozing bitterness. And then to be to ask the red ass question of, well, hey man. 
You guys remember that loss back in the playoffs way back in January to Jacksonville where you had the huge lead and you completely collapsed? How do you think that impacted this game tonight? Yeah, we just lost. What do you think the mood's like, Jeff? Uh, do you wait, 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 wait. Let me. You really think that loss to Jacksonville last season is the reason they lost last night? Please. That's just a. That is a brutal question. Yeah. It is absolutely a brutal question. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Is presented by our good friends at Prize Pick. Download the Prize Picks app. Uh, make sure you use the promo code MATI to get 100% deposit matching in the description below. There is a link to Prize Picks. It'll automatically get you 100% deposit matching. Prize Picks presents Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. On the Monty Show. The media, and I, I guess we're sort of in the media, um, ask the dumbest questions ever. Like, it is the dumbest question ever. Yeah. And they're not losing, probably not losing because of Brandon Staley. Maybe it is their absolute a-hole jerk loser of an owner and stuff. The Spanos family. Oh, Wales vagina, bro. Do you view this season as a failure? Sir. Uh, the Spanos family is why they're Terrible. losing. Justin Herbert's having a year. He's already throwing the ball well. I don't know how that defense isn't one of the best defenses in the NFL. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Staley needs fired, Giggity says. Thank you. Uh, LFG says Staley needs to go. Um, Robert uh, Rondi. Rody? Same thing. Want to go on a roadie? Uh, the Spanos curse spans many seasons. Yes, it does. Seriously. And stadiums. Uh, let's see. Christopher Shannon. I saw a tweet saying Justin is in a what? The sex machine is Bro, elite. What are you talking about, man? Let's not get the sex machine is elite. Dude, that are he you doesn't actually read defenses. Off, dude. Are, are you trying to piss my guy off here? This like, has always been the knock on Justin Haybear, and nobody's ever been able to back it up. And I, I'm, I will continue to just say, if Justin Herbert doesn't read defenses, man, <coughs> the I, I don't know I, how does his how does his rock, luck not just run out? I don't know, dude. Man, I mean, are, are we through all that? Are we really saying? That this is the same guy who's already thrown for 534 yards and three scores, zero interceptions. Oh, he doesn't read defenses. You know, it's amazing. You ever watch Justin Herbert? He just combs his hair and then throws up big high fly balls and he gets lucky. No. I love the people like he doesn't read defense. Okay. Sure. Okay, he's he's never he doesn't thrown read for defenses, and you watch the NFL every week. He's never thrown for less than forty three hundred yards, and he's had at most. Do you guys understand in his career ninety seven to thirty five TD interception rate? Like, and he's been sacked a hundred and seven times in three years. So get your facts straight. I, guys, 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 guys. You know it hurts me. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Right in my soul. Dude, he'll probably never win there. Uh, Bryce Martin, Chargers have a roster that can compete for the AFC, but they have the coaching of a JV team. That's Seriously. what I'm saying. Seriously. Tarrant County, boy. boy. Jerry Jones is the best curse of all. Seriously. <coughs> uh, Jeff, Justin Herbert dropped the H like Bobby did. Justin Ebert? Hey, hey, Bobby, hey, you know. 
Um, God, talk about a cursed organization. Uh, LFG, exacto. Staley close to being fired. You can tell it's near the end for Staley. I do love that he's telling dudes off, though. I do love it. Uh, roundabout. Herbert is a good quarterback. Just don't get crazy. Have you seen his hair? Steven Smith, you guys missed my super chat. No, we didn't. We just haven't read it yet. Uh, Jim Choi, Chargers could have hired Brian Dayball. I'm not, I'm not convinced on Dayball. <laughs> one, one season does not make a Bill Belichick. Let's wait and see how bad Daniel uh, Jones Bill is this year. Bill Belichick. Well, a lot of people were ready to crown his ass last year. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. Right? Like a lot of people were on Brian Dayball. Yeah, we're focused on the Jets today. Ah, Tony Soprano and shit. Oh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Soprano's dead and so are the Giants right now. Mm. So until they're not sleeping with the fishes, I don't have any other mafia. References. That's right, T. Look, man, take the gun. Leave the cannoli. That's all no. I'm saying. You know, uh, Harry Austin, what's up, Harry? Herbert is Dan Fouts, good QB, but doesn't get the wins that you expect. That Miami-San Diego Chargers playoff thriller is still the best game I've ever watched. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jim Choi, Dayball is legit. We're about to find out. I, wait, I thought you said Dayball was legit. Wait, is it, are, are we talking about the same team here, dude? The Giants are one of the – and now that Saquon – Was it the 40 hmm. spot you gave up or – Roundabout. Uh, you ready to crown his ass, Monty? Yeah. Crown his ass. Dennis Green, rest his soul. Uh, Steve, Chargers need to hire Bob Stoops. Somebody should hire Bob. Bob doesn't want to coach. No. I don't think Bob wants a coach. I don't. Uh, OG Gary, his hair. Trevor Lawrence is Hair Force One himself. Stop. Dude. Yeah. Hair Force One with a landing pad for a forehead. That fucking thing is the size of like... Let, there, there are... His forehead is bigger than any wheat field in America. Yeah, I thought you meant air forehead one. Damn, I cursed. Dude, come on, I've almost gone through an entire hour without... Snap out of it a little bit. I'm trying, you guys. I'm trying. Uh, Bryce Martin, look at how Josh Allen has regressed since Dayball left. I'm not saying... My fucking head. I'm not saying Dayball's a bad coach. He's just not a good coach. He's got a real project on his hands this year. They're not a good team. You know. And can he – he got he got DJ paid, but will it pay off? That's the question. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, Jeremy Missouri just likes to play both sides. It's fun. Keep everyone on their toes. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Hour number two of the Monty Show, as always, presented by our good friends at trydaytrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Get your $10 30-day trial membership right now at TridayTrading.com. Big argument this morning in the Monty Show members-only group. By the way, click the Join button. For $1.99 a month, you get your comments highlighted in red first. As we always read our member comments first. Uh, For $9.99 a month, you can be in our um, members-only Instagram chat. Our chat group, which is phenomenal. This morning, there was a huge argument about the viability of day trading. You have to have like 10 Gs, bro. No lie. The best part about day trading is you can have whatever money you have. Now, here's the thing. When you graduate the program at TridayTrading.com, they're going to fund a trading account for you. And when you make money, because the first trades you make will be not with your money, with Triday Trading's money. When you make money trading their money, Triday Trading is going to give you 80% of the profit. 
the misnomers or the misinformation about day trading. Ah, the market's got to be red hot to day trade. It doesn't. (coughs) The market's got to be terrible to day trade. It doesn't. The best part about day trading is you're not going long on a stock. You're in and you're out. And the best part about tri-day trading is they have an entire software algorithm and process that you can program every day that's going to get you in and out. You want to do it part-time, graduate the program, keep your full-time job. Hey, man, you can trade part-time three to $500 a day, part-time traders that have graduated the tridaytrading.com program make three to $500 a day. They're paying off their cars and their mortgages early. They're going on the vacations you've always dreamed of. Full-time graduates of the Triday Trading program who trade full-time are making $1,000 or more a day. They're making $250 a year day trading. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. 30-day $10 trial membership. Tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show, if you're just tuning in today, the biggest stories in sports, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, College football-wise, Ohio State at Notre Dame is a game of the week. Uh, it's Tuesday, Jake. Time to make your decision. Notre Dame, our mother. Ohio State minus three. The over's 55. It's in South Bend, Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. How much is Ohio State winning by? Uh, I don't know. I, Say I, it. I, Say I'm it. not saying they're Say winning. It. They're they're winning by a ton. Say it. I think Notre Dame's got a good, good shot in this game. I, I think that Ohio State gets overhyped every year. Uh, I think Ohio State hasn't exactly been scintillating this year, and I do think that Notre Dame, it, while they're not world-beating, they're playing good football right now, and I think this is this game right here is why you brought Sam Hartman in. I mean, his leadership, his ability to to you know move you down the field in a methodical fashion in a controlled way uh, while also taking the deep shot, I, I think is awesome, and I think that in big time college football games, which is what I would characterize this game as, I would agree. Uh, that this is where Sam Hartman's leadership should shine, and so I don't know that Notre Dame wins this one, but I don't think they're getting blown out either. I'm not ready to pick this game, but the one thing I want you guys to start chewing on when you look at this game, one of these two teams is going to get exposed. One of the two is going to get exposed because neither one of them are as good as you think they are. Ohio State is not the same old Ohio State. And I'm here to tell you Sam Hartman's one of the best stories in college football. And as a massive fan, both in stature and spirit of Notre Dame, our mother, I don't believe that this team is the team that we think it is. Mm-hmm. Audric Estime is a fumbling machine. I'm not bought in yet. The running back for Notre Dame. And I am here to tell you, I am wholeheartedly rooting for Notre Dame, our mother. Pray for us. There is Notre there, Dame, our mother. There's no doubt. Notre Dame, our mother. I'm a domer all the way through and through. You guys know that. I am not ready to to crown their ass yet. Yeah. Because apparently that's a saying of the day. One of these two teams is going to get exposed. The winner has probably got a real good chance to, to get to the college football playoff. Because especially if Notre Dame wins this game, there's not going to be a better win on their schedule. If Ohio State wins this game, they have a lot more cushion against Michigan. Mm-hmm. One of these two teams gets exposed. My fear is that it will be Notre Dame because looking up and down the roster and the depth chart for Ohio State, they've got athletes everywhere. It's curious to see about Marvin Harrison this weekend because he's been banged up all year. I think that's a huge point in this game. 
But today, if I was leaning one way or the other, I might actually take Notre Dame by a field goal at Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, and, and that's what I think is tough in this game. Like, you know, hey, does Estime fumble twice in this game? Well, if that's going to happen, Ohio State probably wins the game. But if Estime can figure out ball security and can be that guy that road grades your defense a little bit in the first half, you know, yeah, I think Notre Dame's got a path to win this game. But I would agree. This game obviously has college football playoff implications. And I think that, you know, uh, if we're talking about the health of college football in the big picture, Ooh. Notre Dame needs to win this game, right? It would be really good, in my opinion, for college football if Notre Dame could win this one. And you're damn right, this will draw a big audience. And this is Notre Dame's opportunity to step into the spotlight. And, and I think this is the one where... Under Brian Kelly in years past, this is a game you probably lose. And I look at the the games remaining on Notre Dame's schedule. Yeah. This is one of the three big ones. You are you are home for Ohio State. At Duke is going to be a dogfight. That's a trap game next weekend. At Louisville, home for USC. Mm-hmm. You can beat USC in a primetime game. 7.30 Eastern NBC against USC, you can win that game. Now the question that has to be answered, how much do you believe in Clemson? Because I'm not a buyer, I'm a seller on Dabo right now. No, I think Notre Dame's better than Clemson. Yeah. You don't have a quarterback yeah. at Clemson. Now, by the time we get to November 4th, just two weeks before I sail to Honolulu to pimp the pimps, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you said to pimp the pimps. Yeah, my golden tan and physique will be on display on Honolulu's South Shore. All the moms will be watching. Um, I, I'm really hoping for, for Notre Dame and Clemson to be a game, one of the games of the year. Hopefully. I think that Notre Dame's got a shot because their schedule is set up. Now, obviously, they have Pitt in there. They have Louisville, Duke, as we talked about. Obviously, you're going to play Wake Forest and, and Stanford. I think you have a real chance. If you can beat two of these three teams, yeah, and it starts with Ohio State this weekend, I think they have a real chance to go all the way and get into the college football playoff to get boat raced by Alabama or somebody else again. <laughs> and I don't want to hear about Manti's dead girlfriend that never really existed. Manti's dead girlfriend. I know, Risa. That never really existed. Dude. All right, wait, you guys. Hey, 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 hey. Settle down. Settle down now. Is everybody ready? Yeah, we're, what's going on? It's time to read Stephen Smith's $20 Super Chat. <laughs> I also heard about Washington State and Oregon State wants to be added to the Big 12, but ESPN from Locked On the Big 12. By ESPN. Okay, anybody telling you that ESPN is pushing for Washington State and Oregon State to be added to the Big 12 does not know what they're talking about. Nope. That's just factually inaccurate. Why, they, why in the hell would ESPN want to pay for Washington State. Like, help me understand that. What's the draw for ESPN there? Oregon State is this... Oregon State is this property that... What's the best analogy? So you have a really nice house in the middle of a really shitty block. <laughs> That's Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon State is this beautiful home that's been remodeled, totally renovated... And they can't get a penny for it because the Clampets live next door and they don't own a lawnmower. Right? Like, Close the door. Washington State, the problem with Washington State is they're the Clampets. They don't have any money. 
They have a, a, a significant litigation. And the other issue is they have this really good football team right now that is capable of beating anybody that they play on any Saturday. But you have Kirk Schultz who won't get his hands out of sports. That's the issue. And if you look at Oregon State, Oregon State called the Big Ten who said never. You have Oregon State calling the Big 12 who said maybe. And as soon as the the next best option was available for the Big 12, they forgot Oregon State's number. Yeah. So ESPN can hope and want, but ESPN ultimately knows their best bidding has been done on on the Pac-12. ESPN ultimately knows their money is made by adding bigger brands to the Big 12. Their money is going to be made depending on what happens in the ACC because who's the main partner of the ACC? ESPN. So ESPN has the SEC, ESPN has the ACC, and ESPN has the Big 12. And you have three really good leagues in the Big 10, the SEC, and the Big 12. Why? What? Explain to me what sense it makes for Oregon State and Washington State to be pushed by ESPN into the Big 12. What sense does that make? If, and we know factually almost, to almost for a fact, ESPN, which we reported first here on the show, called the Big 12 and lobbied for Stanford and Cal. And then all of a sudden locked on Big 12 or whoever you said is claiming Oregon State and Washington State. Come on, man. If, if ESPN was pushing Oregon State and Washington State, would we have had a court case? No. Nope. If, if ESPN was pushing Oregon State and Washington State, wouldn't they have gotten into the ACC too? What sense does it make that ESPN, and I want to make sure I read this right, also heard about Washington State and Oregon State wants to be added to the Big 12 by ESPN from Lockdown Big 12. That is just so factually fucking wrong. Like it, that's... That and this is what's wrong with everybody's got everybody's got a podcast, bro. This is completely wrong. Yeah. Completely wrong. That's just not true. I don't think it will happen, but I don't know what the Big 12 will add. The Big 12, the Big 12 is not going out of its way, getting over its skis to add Washington State. Kirk Schultz is a pariah amongst athletic administrators in this country. Yeah. Yep. It, at some point when you hear this stuff, I would just encourage you to say, hey, you know, why don't we, uh, yeah, we should probably take a breath. And does that make any sense at all? Because it's garbage. Does it make any sense at all for ESPN to be fighting Washington State's fight? No. It makes no sense whatsoever. ESPN has no stake in the Pac-12 or whatever the Pac-12 is going to become. They've not shown any interest in it. And they essentially did everything they could do to cut the knees out of the, the, the Pac-12. Yeah. Yet they're going to be pushing the Big 12 to add. Come on. Come on. Uh, Kenneth uh, says, go with me here. USC beats Oregon in a close one in the, in the season. Oregon then beats them in the Pac-12 championship. Chance of a two-one loss Pac-12 teams in the college football playoff. Um, I don't know, Kenneth Laverne. Um, 
I, one, I think you're you're vastly underrating Washington. Like I think it's USC and Washington that are the problems in this league. Uh, I mean, Oregon's good. We're going to find out how good here in the next few weeks. Seriously, but I don't. I I I think I don't know why Washington gets overlooked by everybody. Well, because they're not making a you know a ton of noise. They're I think they're somewhat respected, but I think they need that you know that big time national TV matchup to kind of announce their presence as a good well, team. You mean this like year. October fourteenth uh, when they host Oregon? Yeah, we're gonna find out. Because Oregon's got a tough little trick to turn here at Washington on the 14th, Washington State on the 21st, and then at Utah on October 28th. Did I mention that they finish with USC, Arizona State, and then Oregon State? Um, now they're going to be looking for revenge on Oregon State. There and, is no doubt I know, doubt about I know that. Dan Lanning and company are going to boat race Colorado. I, I know they're going to beat them like 60 to 10, right? <laughs> right? That's right? What, that's what Oregon fan wants you to believe. But I'm just telling you, man, Oregon Oregon always seems to come up short. And until they, they prove otherwise, that's that's how I view them. Yeah, I, I would agree. Bryce Martin says, I believe the Pac-12 is the only conference worthy of getting two teams in. I don't know if the lane train would agree with you on that. Yeah, I don't know that um, uh, Georgia would agree with you on that. I think the SEC – does the SEC have two legit contenders? Georgia, Florida, come on. Um that Tennessee loss really hurt. I think that hurt. I think LSU's a college football playoff contender. There's no question. Um, although they've got Arkansas, and then they're on the road at Old Miss in Missouri, and then LSU plays at Alabama. Like I mean, they have they have some work to do. But I, I how good do you guys think Old Miss is legit? Hmm. Is Ole Miss legit? Lane Train's playing the uh, the old mental games. I think they have shown better defense than we thought they would show, but it's also been Mercer, Tulane, and uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, how about we play, uh, I don't know, Alabama? Well, you got Alabama this week. Their schedule's a flipping meat grinder. Uh, at Alabama, home for LSU and Arkansas at Auburn. Vandy A&M at Georgia on 11-11. And then they finish uh, in Starkville at Mississippi State. Yeah. So Lane Train's got some work to do. If Lane Train beats Alabama this week, I think that LSU game becomes a spot in the college football playoff. Agreed. It, it, because if you are – if you're anybody in the SEC West, don't you think Georgia's vulnerable? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss – and granted, LSU's got a terrible loss on their schedule. But if you're Auburn and Ole Miss and you're 3-0, now Auburn's Auburn, but... Yeah, but like those are the those are what I would call the hyenas of the SEC, right? Like they're chasing the big dogs, right? They're the, they're the second-tier team in the SEC that's constantly trying to pester the lion. And, and the problem mm -hmm. is, is that Alabama yeah. is in a vulnerable position right now. Everyone saw that Texas game. Why do you think Lane Train's playing the mind games? Why, why do you think that... Lane Train's trying to get Nick Saban to talk about him. Well, because he wants Nick Saban to be distracted. He knows Jalen Milroe is not the quarterback that Jackson Dart is right now. He's not. He, he just very simply is not. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's going to be fun to see. I want I want 
I want Lane Kiffin to be really good. I think Lane Kiffin's very good for college football. I just need to see them beat LSU. Because I think they have a real chance to beat Alabama. Agreed. The Jalen Milrow decision's a mistake. How? I mean, we can sit here and we can... Because I think Alabama... And listen, I understand... I, I understand that you tried your best against South Florida to give Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson. You, Ty Simpson should be the guy until he's not the guy. Because when you have Roydell Williams, that's an awful big load off a quarterback. Roydell is a legitimate running back. Uh, I don't think Jalen Milrow's a legitimate quarterback. He's a runner. He's another running back. The cat has no touch on the football whatsoever. At least Ty Simpson has touch on the football. He can throw the ball. I, I don't see, and again, I understand they're really struggling to be to be competent at passing the football. Yeah. I just don't, I don't see I it. think the tough part for Saban right now is that, you know, even, even with how Ty played, I, I think the problem is, is that, Jalen's been the center in in the center getting reps. And and the problem is is that if you're Nick Saban, don't you got to feel like, hey, Tommy, you might want to develop somebody. Might want to figure out how Jalen Milrow can find the, you know, 15, 20-yard seam route. Uh, how can we how can we start completing, you know, the five to seven yard in route uh at 65% plus? I mean, you got to have those plays. And that's Alabama's problem. If you're not going to run the ball effectively and you're not going to pass it in the intermediate effectively, you're not going to win ball games. I mean, you're going to be behind the six constantly. Well, so, and I, I do think there's a legit question, and maybe maybe Old Miss forces their hand, but about about Saban replacing Tommy Reese. Yeah. I, I think when you look at you look at Tommy Reese and you look at the offense at Alabama, it's disgusting. Like it's it, they're just not good. Their offensive line is, I think their offensive line is talented. They're underperforming. I think they are wildly under talented at wide receiver. I think you don't have a quarterback of note, and your play calling has been sus at best. Agreed. Agreed. And so I look at Tommy Reese, and I wonder. Somebody on the show yesterday, I thought made a great point about Dan Mullen, who we've talked about on this show. Nick Saban has a habit. Speaking of Lane Train. Of going out and finding Steve Sarkeesian, you know, finding Bill O'Brien yeah. to come in and, and facilitate their offense. And I don't see it with Tommy Reese. I don't. I hated him at, at flipping Notre Dame. And yet, here we are at Alabama, and he's running a, another sus offense. Yep. He's a great quarterback coach. He's not an offensive coordinator. Agreed. You know, like I, that but is that's, that's that's the mystery about why Jalen Milrow's not better. I, I, nobody's expecting Jalen to be a Heisman Trophy candidate, but what I do think that people expect is some ability to throw the football. I, I, like you, you, dude, if you're gonna be one of these running quarterbacks, dude, you better be like like Anthony Richardson at Florida last year. Like you better be able to dominate the game with your legs. You got to be that much of an X factor, in my opinion, uh, to get away with it these days. And and I just think that Alabama, that defense is good enough to win you games, but the offense just can't keep up. And that's my big concern with this Ole Miss matchup is that is that Ole Miss is just going to walk away from them. 
Ole Miss has the ability to score, and I don't think you do. I'm a big lane train believer. I I am. I like my guy. I I do. I know it's crazy, and I know that people. Um, I know that people disagree with me on it, but I I'm a big lane train guy. Yeah, I'm a big lane train guy. All right. Um, let's get a couple of your uh your comments in here because we also have to, um, we also have to get to prize picks. It's uh, three thirty Pacific time. Spencer Strider's pitching tonight, dude. And I'm about as broke as a joke on prize. I have had a four day run of just. I honestly think something. I won too much money last week, and I think the guys at prize picks are like, bro, somebody needs to get a roofing nail done <laughs> and just drive it right through Monty's testicles. Hey, Monty, because he can't keep winning this kind of bread. I had you always know. And if you are somebody that that you know has kind of got a little Phil Mickelson in him, you always know mm-hmm. Phil Phil Mickelson. Right, Phil Mickelson. Anyway, my yeah. point is, my point is, when you got a little Phil Mickelson or Pete Rose in you, mm-hmm. you always know the losses are coming. A little bit of Pete Rose in you, you know the losses are coming. Mm-hmm. I'm in that area of, hey, the losses have arrived. They're not coming. They, they're here already. Right. You know. Uh, Jim Choi, uh, the Alabama QBs as high schoolers weren't all can't-miss prospects. We're all can't-miss prospects until they did miss. You know. Uh, Blum, uh, Bumma. Okay, Alabama. Uh, Gary Wolf, I never said he lives in his mom's basement, Tanner. I said he still has mommy pack him a lunchbox. Wait, who are we talking who about? F- what the What the hell is going on here? Did I miss something? Jeff Woodworth says sleep the sweep the leg. You know. Bro, what are we talking about, dude? I don't know. There's a whole thing about podcasts. There's an argument about podcasts. Thank okay. you, Lopes fan Gabe. Show some cojones. Some cojones. Dude, Lopes, you are not advocating for Gotta take for Strider less, on dude. less. Yeah, Cha-ching! what happened last week when Buddy over here took him for less? Yeah, he right. lost. Let's go lose a little more cash. He lost. Uh Use the promo code Monty. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, shit. I Or excuse my French. Dude, bro, that's like the third time today, bro. Dude, the, they had a Brianna Stu- They had a Brianna Stewart <laughs> promo, and it went away. I went to go pick it, and it just went away. Yeah, well, that's because you're mid, you know? God damn it. Uh, pitcher strikeouts. Where's my guy Strider? Spencer Strider, nine against uh, Philly. Yeah. Not, good, Lopes fan, Gabe? It's going to take 10 Ks for you to take an L on him, and that's a chance I'm willing to take. Gabe? That's tough, bro. I'm more inclined to go the other way. Christopher Sanchez of the Phillies, more than three and a half strikeouts, feels very reliable. Jose Urania? I took Jose Urania, yep. He's on my list. More than? More than, yep. Yep. Uh, I'm Bulls. Bulls. Um, Bulls. Bulls. I don't need what? I'm uh homie? I'm wagering it all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to eighteen dollars in my Damn. price picks account, boys. Like it's it's been that kind of I need a pitcher fantasy score that's like 59. Uh-huh. Blake Snell, 45 and a half. 
No, I'm not a. Oh, Bryce Harper is only six and a half on hitter fantasy score tonight. Well, but who's he facing? Yeah, still. He's facing Spencer Strider, you dick. I'm not taking Bryce Listen, listen. I'm saying you're silly for taking less on Strider. Listen, but. me no have no logic, right. but I am not betting against Spencer hey. Strider twice in one night. Well. I'm not doing that. I There is it. Listen, Bryce, my guy. Bless, Bless up. up. You are amazing. You went deep last night, and I appreciated that. It inspired me to go deep last night. I appreciated you. You know, these guys are going to come uh, I, a lot. There's no chance my guy has taken Strider Yak. No. Not going to happen. No. No. There, there, it's, not, it's not going to happen. So I can't do it. Aaron Judge at eight. That's who I'm riding with. I'm going more for Aaron Judge. I, I'm... I, I, <laughs> I have insufficient <laughs> funds. Bro. God damn it. Uh, there you go. And you know what? I'm all in. Ain't no flexing on this boy. Ain't ducking no ain't, smoke, ain't no fla- Ain't no flexing. What's up? Ain't no flexing. Uh-huh. So right now, you guys, I'm, I'm Spencer Strider, less than nine. Urania, more than two and a half. And Aaron Judge, more than eight on a hitter fantasy score. Uh-huh. Urania in the uh, you know as a Chicago Cub fan you and I both know there is no there there is no reach around coming from Urania no reach around he, he's bro. 0 six with an eight four eight dude but my guy struck out eight Minnesota Twinkies Twinkies and he I'm just telling you I'm just telling you right now if Jose Urania lets me down I'm gonna be very disappointed. I'm going to do what you should never do tonight. Oh, God. I'm taking Urania, more than two and a half strikeouts. Taking Christopher Sanchez, three and a half. Well, yeah, more than three and a half strikeouts. And I'm taking Ronald Acuna Jr. to have more than one and a half bases. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Because, because, ultimately, I think Acuna is going to have a good night. I swear to God, if you ever say one nice thing about... Spencer Strider on the show ever again. Dude, I, I won on ever. last week. I'm ever. not saying buddy strike out ever. 10 again. I'm not doing it. Ever. Yes, Lopes fan, Gabe. I was sweating my balls off last time <laughs> Strider pitched, dude. Goes out in the fifth at 97 pitches. They send him back out. Look, Lopes fan, Gabe, I believe in you. I spent all of the money I had a $13 power play to win 65 <laughs> 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 Your boy is broke. Yeah. Strider less than nine, Urania more than uh, so essentially Urania to strike out three dudes and Aaron Judge to have a yak fest. A yak fest. That's all I can do. It that's the best I can do. Uh oh no, is Monty turning into Phil? I am. I am. Is Monty turning into Phil? I am. I am. Uh Minnesota Twinkies. Exactly right, Tam. Yeah, dude. Exactly right. Like it is what it is, bro. Uh, Ma, uh, Monty about to turn into Phil, OG <laughs> Uh Johnny Gonzalez, watch out those Twinkies around your Urania. Yeah, don't be sticking no Twinkies in your Urania. I think I've hit it every time. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're when you're going when you're going Urania. Hugh Janus. Yeah, you don't want to be no Urania. Yeah. 
Uh, Tarrant County boy, so who's the power stroker? Apparently Jake is the, the power, power stroker. power stroker. Honestly, that's our stroking guys. You know. Um, Coming from the super soaker, I guess that's a compliment. No, it's Tarrant County boy. Oh. So you oh, man. You won last night. Yeah, I did. I did not yeah. win. Like, screw you, Mr. Rashid Shahid came through for me. Uh, there is Jake's um, prize picks tonight. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just telling you, click the link in the description below. Ronald Acuna Jr., a, to a base and a half. So he just needs to get a couple of base hits, a double, yeah, a dong. Yeah, dong. That base and a half means he hit the ball and got one base for a base hit, two bases if it's a double. Yeah. That doesn't mean base hit, then he gets he steals second. That No. How many bases bomb, did he, gets he four hit? Bomb, four bases, you know. That's what it requires. This Christopher Sanchez cat's really interesting. I will be okay. If I lose on Christopher Sanchez tonight, I'll be okay with that because this cat's been striking dudes out. You mean when? And No, not, no, dude, bro, when? When? Him and, him and Strider matched up last time, and Sanchez surprised everybody. Washington strikes out. So my guy Urania, yeah, or Uranus, whatever, uh, strikes out the second least amount of times per game at <laughs> seven a game. All I need this mofo to get is three. Just strike him no, out no, half four. as four. Isn't it four? Why do you say hurtful things? I think it's four. Why do you say hurtful things? It's four. Why do you say hurtful things? Because I'm spitting straight facts out here, bro. Jake? It's four, is it not? It's three. Oh, no, it's three. It's okay. three. It's three. You were it's right. Three. You were right. You shut your mouth. <laughs> it's three. My bad. Against the Washington Nationals, they strike out. God? Yeah. Raise the curly W. I pray to you, Babe Ruth. <laughs> Babe, can you hear me? Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please be with Uranus tonight. Hey, uh, Lauren Boebert, do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, real quick update on Lauren Boebert. Did you see she said it was a one-hit one wonder? She was, like, doing the homie rub on the first Hiscock. date Hiscock. in a theater. And she's like, he doesn't get a second date. It turns out he's a Democrat. Oh. Anyway. Uh, Babe Ruth, are you still there? Um, mad if you could bring Shohei's torn UCL to Urania and just get three strikeouts, sir. I think that's HIPAA. That's all I need, sir. Three strikeouts. Did you guys see that uh, Shohei had surgery? Today? Yeah, he said peace out. Hey, look, there he is. I asked about you over the weekend, Mike Rochburns. Dude, where have you been, dog? I said, where is my guy, Mike? And Jake's like, Mike who? And I said, Mike Rochburns. Mm. And there you are for $5. I appreciate it, Mike. Good to see you. Uh, let's see, Chard Cake. This show becomes more unhinged by the day, and I'm here for it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Gonzalez, uh, Lauren Boebert called and said she wants her future back, bro. Well, might, might want to stop going to Beetlejuice then. Scock. Uh, Boebert, Bo <laughs> uh, Mike Smith, Boebert, AKA salami rubbing mama. Hey man. Uh, Teddy Wayman, Patrick Sandoval for more hits allowed. Hunter Brown for more on strikeouts and Clark Schmidt for more on hits allowed. Thanks. Where were you five yeah, minutes dude, ago? Yeah, dude, like what? When like I bet the rest of my prize picks money. <laughs> it is what it is. And we're sitting there and Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown in the first half. I'm like, judging. And I thought I had it. Mm -hmm. I thought I like Wheeler, 
Zach Wheeler last night, 30 and a half was his number. He mm-hmm. gets out of the game with a 30, and he gets the win, and I lose. <sighs> well, I thought you had less. I did, but he got 10 points for the win. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Tarrant County, boy, a great pitcher, like, stroking guys out. Yeah, dude. Hashtag all I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Otani to my Yankees, baby. Now he's going to the Dodgers. Dodgers or or Mariners, I think. Gonzalez. She was trying to get the juice out of the Beatle. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, Technically speaking, Watson threw two touchdowns last night. Well, are you talking about the two-point conversion? Should have been. All he had to do was run or throw for two touchdowns. Couldn't even do that. Yeah, Derek Carr couldn't do that either. Couldn't even do that. Douche. And the funny thing is, you and I both know the key to throwing touchdowns is drinking Bucked Up Energy, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. And right now, you guys at BuckedUp.com, today, brand new product today. offering, a variety pack. Yeah. A variety pack of Bucked Up Energy. Get to BuckedUp.com and just search variety pack. Look at one of the best CEOs in the country, Ryan Gardner, talking about the new variety. In 2016, we started out as a sports nutrition company. We started getting into energy drinks about two years ago. We're on pace to do about 30 million energy drinks this year. Come check it out. We just got in variety packs. We got some of our three best flavors. We got Blood Raz, Rocket Pop, and Mango Tango. So if you've never tried Bucked Up, now's the time to try it. I'm telling you, the Variety Pack online right now, and you get a 20% discount. Use the promo code MONTY20. I am a huge fan of the Rocket Pop and the Mango Tango. Now, it's not Miami, and it's certainly not Cherry Candy, but, dude, the Mango Tango, Mrs. Monty's flavor, Mango Tango. Hook it up. Variety Packs are online right now. Uh, Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout. Uh, Geoff says, keep Otani's name out your mouth, please. Uh Uh-huh. He had surgery today. I love that people are like, oh, he cleaned out his locker, bro. How dumb do you think I am? uh, His season's over. It's final. Doesn't mean he's leaving. Uh, Mike Smith, it's booby trap data. That's what I said. Booby trap. Bobert is a booby trap. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bryce Martin. He's also nearly had a terrible inter- had a terrible interception on a deep ball into the end zone. I think I'm 75% out on Deshaun Watson, but this season is still young. Dude, I'm out altogether. I'm out altogether. Gary Wolf, we know what Bobert's favorite flavor is. Stop. 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 Uh, Teddy Wayman, Jake, throw those picks in for Monty. He needs the dub. Seriously. Damn. I need the dub. <laughs> you ain't lying. Dave's in opposition. You ain't lying. I need the dub desperately. Yeah. Again, here are my prize picks, you guys. Download the prize picks app. You should use the link below. Um, these are mine, excuse me. Spencer Strider, less than nine. Jose Uranus, uh, more than two. So he needs to strike Janus. three strikeouts. And Aaron Judge needs to bang a little bit. Give me some, give me some runs tonight, which I'm hoping. Uranus is taking on the Nationals tonight. Hugh Janus. Same thing, um, which I think will be fine. Spencer Strider, you're not striking out 10 Philadelphia Phillies. That ain't happening. Um, and, of course, the, uh, the uh, New York Chankies, man, uh, have the Blue Jays. Uh, Kikuchi. I, I'm sorry, what was that? You, you say Kikuchi. Oh, okay. What, you say what? 
What did you say? I said Kikuchi. No, you yeah. say Kikuchi. Uh, He's actually having a good year. He is. Nine and six, three, eight, one. Yeah. But I, uh, my firm belief is that Aaron Judge is going to go yard. He's given up a lot of bombs of in his last two starts. Seven in three starts in September. Let's go. He got rocked by Texas. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, and again, he's had a good year, but his ERA is, has multiplied massively. He's got a five ERA in September. Yeah. Go Yankees. Chankies, baby. So there you go. All right. Uh, four minutes away from football at 50 on the Monty Show at, uh, let's see, 345 Pacific, 645 Eastern. Let's reset the biggest stories in sports. Uh, thanks to our friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, bring you the biggest stories in sports every single day. Uh, we have the news exclusively on the show. Our sources are telling us that the Big 12 had talks with Florida State and North Carolina on a pretty serious level about joining the Big 12. Now, did it ever rise to the level of invitation? No, it did not, I'm told. Um, the question is, when did those talks happen? It is unclear the last date that the two sides talked, but certainly within the last 30 days, the Big 12, North Carolina, and Florida State have had conversations. And I think the thing that's very clear about these situations is, even if you don't get a deal done now, you are laying the groundwork to get a deal done in the future. Um, you know, I think the biggest talking point right now is how strong is the ACC and what is the chance that in five years the ACC exists as we know it? Hell, five years, three years, the chances that the ACC exists as we know it. I don't think those numbers are high. And I think Florida State, obviously, if you've been paying attention, has been the leader in trying to break the grant of rights in the ACC. They have explored every avenue, now infamously looking for private money to pay the $120 million exit fee, which they were unable to raise. It's going to be very interesting to see how college football realignment ends up. Um, there was a big debate today about whether or not North Carolina is better suited for the Big Ten or the Big 12. I think one of the things that's very clear, the issues surrounding the ACC before they added Cal and Stanford still remain after they added Cal and Stanford. And I think there is no doubt that universities like Florida State and North Carolina, Jake, are going to be looking for a way out sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, universities like UNC and Florida State are amongst a group of schools right now that are are viable uh, realignment candidates. You know, you look at UNC and Florida State, they're both super attractive, both programs that are strong uh, on the basketball floor and the football uh, field. And I think that the the issue becomes for programs like Florida State that, that they have, in my opinion, some reputation fixing to do. I mean, you've spent probably three or four months at a minimum here uh, talking about how you should be paid more and how you're better than everyone in the ACC. So I think if you're Florida State, yeah, I think you need to be quiet for a while, win as much as you can win on the football field, and then let's revisit these conversations. As far as UNC is concerned, yeah, it's cool you got Drake May and the football program's coming along a little bit. And Mac Brown's doing Mac Brown things, so that's cool. Uh, but you're in you're you're not at all threatening to be a college football playoff team. You're not like you're not on that level yet. I do think they're improving and heading in the right direction. UNC remains a basketball powerhouse. So as far as the Big Twelve is concerned, UNC is a nice fit from that perspective. But I still maintain from a brand perspective, bigger picture, thousand foot view, UNC and the Big Ten are a perfect fit in my opinion. I don't know why UNC wouldn't go to the Big Ten. I don't know, you know, if you're them, like why you would prioritize the Big 12 over the Big 10, but 
to me, that's kind of the conversation. Big brand schools that have the opportunity to change, have the opportunity to get to a better situation. What's the timeline look like for the ACC to absorb losing these schools? Well, I, I don't I don't even I don't believe that this means that this is close. I don't even believe this means it's going to happen. I think what what Florida State and North Carolina understand is they need options. And I think it, it, it's it's not I don't know, it's not a coincidence that Florida State and Clemson uh, are about to run their faces into each other. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's very clear that Florida State believes they are the behemoth in the ACC. Right now, I think they are. I think Florida State has a chance to make a very symbolic statement by pounding Clemson into the turf. And I think you look at the fact that this is at Clemson. This is a real opportunity for Mike Norvell and the Florida State Seminoles to make a real statement about who runs the ACC in football. Thanks. And it maybe that's not even a question at this point. In my mind, it's not. I think Florida State's the best team in the conference. Mm -hmm. But I think when you look at Florida State's schedule, this is the real last row bump, sure. Is Florida on the schedule at the end of the year? Absolutely they are. There's a long way to go in the SEC. I think that Florida was a nice story this past weekend. I think that's all it amounts to. I think Florida State's the behemoth in this league. And I think... Florida State does not have a lot of options. And a lot of people will tell you, hey, Florida State's going to the SEC. Florida's not going to, to let that happen, I don't think. We've heard repeatedly, I told you during ACC expansion, that Florida was not going to allow Florida State to join the league. And why would they? That doesn't make any sense at all. I think the other issue is the Big Ten's not interested in Florida State. I think the Big Ten is interested in getting to 20 in the next three years, and I think that's going to be with North Carolina and, and Notre Dame, in my opinion. But I think Notre Dame only joins a conference if Notre Dame can't make a schedule. So when we ask the question, hey, is Florida State and North Carolina a good fit in the Big 12? Yeah, I think they're a great fit in the Big 12. Does that mean it's likely? It does not. Does, does our sources telling us that Florida State and North Carolina had talks with the Big 12? Does that mean it's close? It does not. What this means is the bridges are being built, the conversations are being had, and the relationships are being memorialized. And I think when you when you have that happening in business of any sort, I don't have to tell you guys yeah. that relationships make the world go round. And I think if you're Florida State, you absolutely better have these relationships in place because I, again, as I have said a thousand times today, I do not believe that the ACC is the same ACC today in three years from today. I yeah. think it's going to be a very different league. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that the ACC is that next man on the chopping block. I, I think that they have to take action to prevent uh, their conference from going down a path where their league is threatened. I, I, I really believe that. I think that, you know, because we know how this goes. Let's say that Florida State and UNC get out. Who's the next person that's going to ask out? You know, what's Clemson yeah. going to do, right? Clemson's going to want out. Uh, and, and that's where you start having this momentum of like, Hey, well, those schools got out. So who's getting the bigger piece of the pie now? What, what's the TV deal look like now? What's the grant of rights look like now? Like, you know, all these questions start to ask, start being asked. Like, cause again, this don't forget the grant of rights situation. These schools are not going to just be able to get a free pass out of the grants of rights. The Pac-12 thing only happened because their grant of rights is coming to an end. Yeah, I agree. And there, they have that open door. Uh, Boss Frog for $5, four of six last night. Take Notre Dame Moneyline plus 134. Showgram will get half the action should it hit. 
Let's go. Okay, baby. Let's go. Obviously, I love Notre Dame. I I want you to win. I want you to want win, win, but I just I want it desperately. I want it more than than I want more children. I want it more than I want Notre Dame to be Ohio State more than I want world hunger. Well, that's not true. Well, it kind of um, it, it is, but anyway, the point is, um, I really want Notre Dame to win, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it's a big one of these two teams. You guys is going to get exposed. One of these two teams is going to be in a situation where you just simply don't have the ability to say that you're the same team you've always been. Mm-hmm. And I think that's coming sooner than later. And I think it's Ohio State. And and the Big Ten needs Ohio State. Like, with the, you know, the situation at Michigan right now, obviously the Michigan State thing. Like, like there's a lot kind of going on in the Big Ten. And it would be nice if Ohio State could be that welcome distraction. You know what would be nice? It would be nice if Notre Dame didn't lose the big game every year. Notre Dame, our money. It would be nice if there wasn't a holding call on a Rocket Ishmael kick return. It would be nice if Lou Holtz didn't die while he was knelt down, likely farting and picking grass off the Notre Dame football field. (laughs) Like, it would be nice if for once in my ever-loving life, Notre Dame actually won a national championship. To do that, they need to win the big game. And every single year, every single year, they lose the big game. And again. Every single year. Again and again. And look, you want to change the talking points? You want to, hey, Notre Dame's back. Marcus Freeman's a stud. My casa, su casa, God's house. Win a big game. Beat Ohio State. That's the only way you're going to change the narrative of Notre Dame is not good. My casa, su casa, God's, God's house. house. <laughs> Notre Dame, our mother. You know, like I, I am. Yeah, I am just telling you, Notre yeah, I mean, Dame. There's no doubt. Reputationally speaking, Notre Dame. There's a stigma about Notre Dame losing the big game. No doubt about it. But you've scored 40 points in four straight games. Is that because you haven't played anybody, or is that because Sam Hartman's legit? I think it's because Sam Hartman's legit. I, I, I think that. 40 against a crap team is probably 28 to 31 against Ohio State. But the question is, can you slow them down? And yes, I agree with your 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 uh, Audric Estime take earlier. Audric Estime needs to stop fumbling the football because the guy can be an absolute power back if he would just stop fumbling. But let's be very honest. This game's at Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. Are the fans loud enough? Are they quiet because they're they're praying internally and hoping for a win? It'd be nice if that place was raucous. God bless. It'd, it'd be nice if that place was absolutely lit. And maybe Notre Dame's not. I'm, I've, I'm never going to be the guy that's going to tell you Notre Dame's the best home field advantage in college football because clearly it's not. Mm-hmm. The crowd's got to show up. The offense has to score 40 because this offense scores 40. And for the first time in a lot of years... Notre Dame's going to have a better quarterback than the opponent most Saturday afternoons. That better be on display against Ohio State. And we'll have much more of a preview down the road. That better be on display. Because I am, and I am probably a a bitter, flipping Notre Dame fan. Well, how could you not be? How could you not be? I mean, again, it's the... What was it? Uh, was I think it was like 2017 that Alabama game, the Notre Dame with Brian Kelly, and everyone was like, "Oh, Notre Dame's gonna run run Nick Saban out of here." 97. 
Did you say 1997? No, 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 I said 2017. Oh, okay. I think it was 2017. I could be wrong. I thought you said 1997. No, no, it was it was like three to five years ago. That yeah. that Alabama game with Brian Kelly, and everyone's like, "Oh, Brian Kelly's the guy, and he's the man, and Notre Dame's this dude, and oh, that's right, they're not the dude, and you did get that ass beat." Nope. And Brian Kelly's now at LSU, and Sam Hartman's at Notre Dame. I sifted through all that. And you just hope, you just hope. Well, you don't hope, you pray, because it's Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, our mother. Yeah. Um, I'm just telling you, you really hope that this was not a fluke. And you really hope that Manti Teo's girlfriend is alive and well. Because I can't I can't keep doing this. It, it, you guys, I talk about it every day, and people think I'm joking. 2013, that BCS National Championship. 2013, yeah. You people think I'm joking. As I sit here on the verge of a massive thigh cramp, I will tell you. How? I don't know. But I will tell you, I live a tortured sports fan's life. Cubs, <coughs> Bulls, Bears, Notre Dame. Justin Thomas. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep piling stuff on top. Throw more kindling uh, in the Elliott, fire. Chase Elliott. Throw, <clears throat> yeah, Chase Elliott broke his flipping leg. Doesn't make the NASCAR. Ow! NASCAR playoffs. <laughs> Dude, I am literally on the verge of a massive thigh. Ow! I don't know. Ow! Probably dehydration. Ow! I'm just, I have it. I live a tortured sports life. It is what it is. Jeff Woodworth, instead of saying a team gets exposed, can we say they got boberted? Sure. They boberted. Got, they got groped and kicked wow, out. Wow, bro. Hey, what happened to Notre Dame against Ohio State? Yeah, they got boberted, which Days means... in opposition. Uh, yeah, Ohio State groped him and then kicked him out. Mm. That's what it means, <laughs> right? Dude. OG Gary, Notre Dame's going to beat them. Chill. The OSU team is fraudulent and will lose three games. Unbelievers. <laughs> that Ohio State team's fraudulent, boys. Man, I hope you're li- you're right. Oh God, there it is, catfish. Exactly, exactly. He got catfished. Salamini. Phil Hartman is in heaven. Thank you. Where is the Italian? What about Sam? Uh, Gary, uh, Sam Hartman. Well, you know. Anyway, uh, Jesus will be watching the Notre Dame game, but he's betting on the Ohio State. Nah. No, I. I th- if Notre Dame loses, does BYU beat Kansas? Because God would then be a BYU fan. You got to get stroked. It's a legitimate question. A legitimate question. I'm just saying. Uh, Mike Smith, Aikman to rocket for long bomb OT. Uh, win over Washington. Dude. Stop. Um, roundabout. Hail, hail Marie. Hell Marie full of grease. Yeah, you know. It. I want Notre Dame to win so bad. Mm-hmm. I think my dreams will be killed. Uh, Shaner, Monty likes the number nine. Uh, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there is DI9. DI9. I, as soon Dale. as he got hurt. Dale. Dude, my. my yeah, dude, are you okay over no, there? No, my thigh like, is cold. Something terrible. Roundabout, uh, Rip Phil Hartman. Rip Phil Hartman. Certainly. I mean, wow. Hi. We're going to stand up now. Oh, is it that bad? Jesus. Yes. Bro. I hope it won't come to that. <laughs> Too late. Damn. Too late, bro. I am in full on thigh cramping right now. It is. It's terrible. Damn. It is. Whew. 
Man, you know that. I haven't had a middle of the night cramp. Ow. Ow. (laughs) Ow. You guys, I'm telling you right now. Ow. It is. Oh. It really hit me. It is not. It is not good. Let's go ahead and stretch that. Is it the outside? The inside? No, the inside. The inside. That that looks bad on TV. That's that's up here. That I my point is. (laughs) I should just stop. My point is my left thigh. Yeah. My left inner hamstring thigh quad thing. Yeah. It's just like, no, screw you. Boom. Out of here. Out of here. Like Damn, dude. Woo! Man, maybe we have been playing too much recently. Man, I, I I don't know. I've oh hey now, dude, terribleness like oh, I, I, huh? I I don't even know what you say. I mean, There's I guess you got to stretch. Yes. You got to stretch here. Wow, nice shoes, bro. Yeah, you like those? Damn, oh. damn, yeah. Wow, dude, bro. Like I, I I can't remember you getting this this level of crampage before. I mean, they're you know. And Mrs. Monty's going out of town, so you're not going to get, Ooh. you know, you're not going to get the washcloth treatment when you get home tonight. No, I am. Uh, yeah, this is not good. It's not good. Uh, let's see. Rainey says, uh, "Doing too much, Monty. Working or twerking? Yes, <laughs> yes. Working uh, or twerking? Jeremy Callahan, Moon River. No. Uh, Salamini, red shoes. Pew pew. No." Uh, m- Tim Walker, monthly cramps, apparently every day. I pl- I've played a ton of golf, a ton of golf. Chuck B, what is this? Pilates? Jesus. It could be. <laughs> Jesus don't do no Pilates. Uh, Kevin, the destroyer has a Notre Dame, uh, has a Notre Dame, your mother tat. No, I do not have Notre, a Notre- Dame, our mother. I don't. Um, Orange shoes, friends with a Boise fan. Wow, so state. Oh, wouldn't dude, they be get blue? Get the hell out of here with wouldn't that, they be dude. Blue He's shoes, friends then? with Mike Gundy, bro. Come Hello, on. Hello, the mullet. Idiot. OG Gary, he doesn't have a cramp. He wants to flex that drip. <laughs> dude. I'm a man. Trust me. Salamini. <laughs> no. Red shoes, Ohio State fan, bro. Bucky's up. Closet Buckeyes fan. No. Mike Smith. Jake leaves for the weekend. Monty gets severe cramps. What the heck is going on here? And pardon me. I'm, and I've um, had like this is empty. I'm out. That's the other problem is I'm out of beverage. Right. This is empty. It's really you really drank all that and you're still cramping. That's wild, dude. Yes, it is. And I had a Gatorade. Uh, Boston Mapes Monty getting the uh, to turn his head and cough. No, bro, dude. Woo. No, I need to drink. I need to go. You know what I need? My bucked up electrolytes. Seriously. That's what I need. Yeah. That's absolutely what I need. All right. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented or was presented by uh, Prize Picks promo code Monty. Click the link in the description below, guys. Uh, it's so much fun. You really should consider joining our uh, Instagram members only group. It's 10 bucks a month, $9.99. Click the join button. Click members only content. DM Jake. Uh, he'll put you into the group. It is a great group of dudes. We argue about everything from football to baseball to prize picks to a day trading rock. You know, like you name it, we argue about it. It's awesome. On game days, forget it. College football in the Monty Show group is unbelievable. Football at 50 presented by Prize Picks. Get the app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code. Monty. As always, the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, you know what's going to happen. 
Car accidents are inevitable. You're riding your bike, your motorcycle. Did you get hurt at work today? Yes, absolutely. The advocates handle uh, workman's comp, workplace injuries. And the best part about the advocates is if you're uncomfortable talking to somebody or meeting with people, chat with them online. They know that there's a myriad of different ways that you like to communicate. If you want to chat with one of the best injury attorneys in the business for free, not a penny to chat with an attorney at theadvocates.com. No strings attached. Hit them up. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Right in the middle of the page, it'll say chat with an attorney now uh, at theadvocates.com. Let's see. Phoenix Master says, I have to get into that GC. What's GC? Yeah, what's G- um, can, what do you mean? Can, can you speak English for us, please? Uh, Kevin the Destroyer. Monty got hurt at work. We have video proof. Yeah, Seriously. you see what I mean? Like, it's on video. Like, just call the advocates, it's the, dude. Is there anything worse than cramps in the middle of the night? Oh, no, dude. Nothing. No. I, I woke up. Nothing. I woke up at, like, 4 a.m. two weeks ago with a massive calf cramp oh. and wasn't walking normally for, like, two days. Dude, it is so bad. It, I mean, it is so bad. So, so bad. Mike Smith says, get cramps at work today. Call the advocates. Don't trust the company insurance. Exactly right. Uh, Phoenix, Ma- yes. Phoenix Masta, group chat. Members only one. Yes. Get into the members yes. only. If you're in members only and if you subscribe to the members only content and you're not in the Instagram chat group, DM Jake, SLC Jake uh, on Twitter and Instagram. He'll hook you up. Gary Wolf says, hello, advocates. I got hurt riding my bike to work. Got hit by a motorcycle. Ooh, advocates.com. OG Gary, workman's comp. Uh, Adam Salamini, Midal, a warming pad and cranberry juice. A warming pad and cranberry juice. It's not that kind of cramp, Salamini. Good Lord. <laughs> Gonzalez says, Charlie horse, probably. Chuck B, there goes the lost time injury streak. Exactly. Yeah, dude. I mean, how Reset many, how the many shows, dude? I mean, it's been, what has it been like, you know, what, what are we, 1,200 shows deep here before you've had an injury? Like, dude. <laughs> Roundabout says it's group chats for sake. So, my bad. My bad. Sorry, man. Calf cramps at night. Worst ever. The worst. The worst. Hundo Kim, P. Kim Coulter. Sorry, boys. No set of PXGs for y'all. What do you mean? I got my PXGs. Yeah, what learning are you talking to, about? <clears throat> learning to hit them PXGs uh, as well. All right, let's talk. Where do you want to go, Jake? I, I I think the what are you interested in in college football? What what are the biggest games of week four? Because this Colorado, Colorado State number, I think one of the most regular questions we get on this show. Hey, why don't you guys talk about Deion Sanders so much? Why don't you talk about real football? Let me take the the Staley approach. Why do you think we talk about Dion so much? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because he got the most views last week? 9.3 million viewers on a game. You guys, that that kicked off at 10.30 Eastern. (coughs) They were playing at (coughs) 2.30 a.m. Eastern. They got 9.3 million viewers. How interested in Colorado, Oregon are you guys? What games this week are your big games? I can tell you, in my opinion, I look at the top 25, I think that Utah-UCLA game is massive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think Ohio State-Notre Dame is the game of the week. But I'm also interested to see Florida State-Clemson. Yeah. Does Florida State end Dabo and Clemson? Yes. 
I mean, if Clemson gets blown out in this game, and granted, it's at Memorial, it's in Clemson. But if Florida State goes to Clemson and just torches them, them, yeah, yeah, their season's over. I'm also interested Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Is Oklahoma for real? I I think the way that that Gabriel has played is mm-hmm. not accidental. That that's not accidental. But if you look at Oklahoma on the whole, Oklahoma's a two touchdown favorite on the road at Nippert. On the road, they're a two touchdown favorite. Yeah. I I'm interested to see do they cover that number? Does Ole Miss beat Alabama? For me, Ole Miss Alabama's number two this week. Hundred percent. I think Colorado, Colorado at Oregon, that's an afternoon game. On ABC, 130. 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. I think that's the third game. And I think there's a couple sleepers. I think Oregon State, Washington State's going to be incredibly compelling football in the Palouse. I think that's going to be really, really compelling. And then this is Baylor, obviously. I mean, is this the letdown game for Texas? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think if you're Texas, you're looking to prove a point with Baylor. Like, Obviously, no one's saying that Baylor is as good as Texas, but I think if if you're Quinn Ewers in Texas, you, you want to prove that that the the Alabama game wasn't some fluke. You you want you want to come in, uh, go to Waco. I agree with that and get after it. And you're a 15 point favorite in that game. Over under 51 and a half. Like like you know, boys in Vegas are expecting you to put up some numbers in this game. And and I think that. You know, again, as as much as I want to say it's the Quinn Ewers show and that offense's show, dude, that defense is legit. And and if if they were to throw, you know, a forty to ten on Baylor, let's say forty to seventeen, I would not, in the least bit, be surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, man. We shall see. Gary Wolf churches were ghost town Sunday morning. Seriously. Ain't nobody going to church this morning, you know. I, I do think that the 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 biggest game of the week for hardcore college football fan, I do think, is that Bama game. Because if they get blown out by Ole Miss, they won't get blown out. But if, if, they, they, if they lose, if they lose by, let's say that Alabama lost by ten, 10 points. points, yeah, you lose by ten points to Ole Miss. Now we got to start having conversations about the state of that Alabama program because it's no longer just Jalen Milrow's fault at that point. And now we got to talk about. Okay, recruiting issues. Hey, maybe it's just a down year. Who's going to take Alabama's spot in the college football playoff? Yeah. I mean, is it Ole Miss? You know, is it, you know, what are we looking at? Like, that's that's a real conversation. You know, I think it is. I think that Clemson game's huge. Symbolically, even, if just symbolically. I think Florida State's going to beat the hell out of them. Honestly. I think they are that much is better. Is it 21? Is it 14? Is it 10? I think it's at least 10. I mean, Clemson is no no game. You go to Clemson, South Carolina, that is that atmosphere for a Florida State game. You, you We all know that atmosphere is going to be lit. I don't care where Clemson's at as a program. I think Dabo will have those guys ready to go. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah. Katie Rader, what's up? Rack them. Good to see you. Um, let's see. DJ Brobot. They talk about DM because he's a Hall of Famer. They played pro football and baseball and now is coaching a big college program. That's why. 
We talk about Dion because that's what our listeners and viewers want us to talk about. It's very simple. Like, did anyone see it floating around uh, Twitter that Dion Sanders in Colorado were the top two YouTube searches for like a day? The 60 Minutes interview and then the highlight recap of the Colorado-Colorado State game were the top two searches on YouTube for like 24 hours, man. Yep. Oh, roundabout. Yes, UCF. And again, I know I said it earlier. UCF fan, can you just settle the F down? They got piped, dude. You understand why they're upset? Well, I don't know that they got piped. But I look at UCF. What's the line on UCF? UCF is plus four and a half in Manhattan, really. K-State two and one, UCF three and oh. Now, obviously, this is going to be all about the quarterbacks. My guy, Will Howard, stud. Absolute stud. But let's not go sleeping um, in any way, shape, or form on Timmy McLean at UCF. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I love my guy, John Rice Plumley, I... Rice, you're not going to... No, dude. Please roll with it. <laughs> Do you guys remember remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so the starting quarterback for UCF is John... Right. Uh... John <clears throat> Brown Rice Plumley. Yeah. Can we get a side of black beans with that? Good Lord. Their opening game this year. And I can't even remember who was it at this point. But um, they were – was it the Kent State game? I believe it was. Yes, I Kent can't remember. State. Yes. But they were like John Rice Plumley. Nice, dude. <laughs> and now he gets hurt and Timmy McLean stepped up. I give, I give him a lot of credit. That is a big game. Do you, guys, do you guys believe Will Howard is one of the best quarterbacks in college football? Yeah. Yep. I don't think he gets the love he deserves. By BYU, and and we're supposed to get uh, uh, our guy Max Tooley coming up here in about thirty minutes on the on the showroom. Uh, Max Tooley from BYU will join us. But uh, I think BYU has a legit chance to go to to go to Kansas and win. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think this Arkansas win, you know, really sort of changed the expectations, certainly at a minimum. For BYU, I mean, if you can if so. you can go on the road like that and win a big game like that, I mean, you know, at that point, you know, you're you're looking at any of these these Big Twelve opponents, and you're like, yeah, like Kansas is a good team. Kansas is a good Big Twelve team, and and obviously Kansas is three zero. Yep. Uh, but Kansas is a nine point favorite in this game, and the number's fifty five and a half, which tells me that that that. I feel like the boys in Vegas are saying this is going to be a close game. Oh, no doubt. This is going to be a field goal type game. But I'm a little surprised by this this nine number, though. I have to be honest. Why? Well, because I I think that BYU is coming off a big win. They're playing good football. Like, uh, nine seems to be a little heavy. I I mean, I understand seven. I think it's a lack of respect. I think it is one of those things where when you look at BYU, there's still questions there. Yeah. And I think Daniels is a hell of a quarterback. And I, I think that you – now, granted, this is going to be Kansas's best game. They have not played – Illinois is what it is. But you look at Jalen Daniels, it, it, 21 of 27 last weekend against Nevada. Now it's Nevada. It was on the road, though, 21 of 27 hey, for 300. did his damn job. Dude. Did his damn job. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. And I, I think Jalen Daniels doesn't get the – Credit he deserves, but BYU is a handful. BYU is absolutely a handful. Yep. Uh, Ron Loney says Texas by fifty over Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
Dude, I, I think there's a real good shot that that's 40 to 10, 40 to 17. Like, 50 is a little aggressive, but, you know, you got the defense to put up 50, I can tell you that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, AAR, UCF Knights have a team full of Florida talent. Should be interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, NYC, PWC, better be more worried if the Big 12 survives. I would, no. No, we're not doing that today. No, Dakota Tubbs. Will Howard looked terrible Saturday. Yes. But that's the beauty of being an elite quarterback. doesn't matter if you look terrible because you bounce back and you bounce back well. So my guess is, my guess is that you're going to, you're going to see that Will Howard's going to put up a very good performance this weekend. Okay, quick sidebar here for prize picks. Philly Atlanta pregame shows on. Watching the uh, Philly broadcast, they they put up a graphic. Spencer Strider, last three starts, 9Ks in each of his last three starts. That's going to be a close one, bro. You're not striking out 10 Phillies. Notice the difference is it's 9Ks. Not he, tonight. Yeah. No, tonight he needs 10Ks. Yeah, last week, though, the, the number that prize picks gave out was eight or more. More or less eight strikeouts. I have. To, you want to talk about getting piped. You have gotten piped multiple times. By like half a run or stop. Well, stop. that's the issue, isn't Bear it? Bear down, Cats. How about uh, T-Max one-handed grab, Monty? Check it out. I will. I will. Uh, Rainey says, I agree. Nine is a lot. A ton. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like nine minus nine for, for Kansas? Lot. That's a lot. Like that feels a, just a slight bit of shade there. Roundabout says, I think he's pretty good. Will Howard, I think he's pretty good too. Um, Tarrant County, boy, UCF is burned rice. Should have burned. Wait. Okay. Texas by 50 over Baylor. How soon does Dave Aranda get fired if they lose by 50? To, how, Immediately. Is this a trap game for Texas? No. I, I, I don't believe. Dude, in-state rival if you want to call him Zap a rival yeah i know but i'm just saying it's baylor like Texas if this was a dk baylor. if this was a dkr completely different game dude I, I but it's texas on the road after beating alabama yeah i i think it's a trap more of a trap game if it's at dkr i i think you that, do yeah because if you're texas you're like yeah we just went on the road to to brian denny and and won a huge game well, and maybe the Wyoming game was the trap game. But this ba Baylor's not good right now. Baylor is not good right now. And if uh, I'm just telling you, if you're Texas, don't you want to just give Baylor the bird? Don't you want to say, yeah, we're Texas and we're kicking the hell out of you just to prove a point? Like, isn't that what you're yeah, doing? But it's, again, it's at McLean and, and Waco. And Dave Aranda can't do that. Can Dave Aranda do that? No. I, dude. I don't I mm, I want to say yes but mm, yeah Greg Hill that's whoa comment dump yep Greg Hill says Baylor is in survival mode Agreed. I think that's exactly right that's exactly right uh Kevin the destroyer Wyoming was Texas's trap game I, I think you're right with that yeah seriously Aaron Wilson Wyoming was everyone's trap game by the way Aaron Wilson says <laughs> you need to raise your chair you look too short today I'm not doing that that's okay. It's that simple. Stay hard. That's all he has to say. Yeah. That's all he has to say. Uh, mad respect for Wyoming this year. 
Okay. Uh, talk Faxis, Kevin the Destroyer so says. So see what he did there? It's like, I didn't explain it. It's it. like F Texas, but he switched the two letters around. Um, you know. Okay, so Spencer Strider started Kyle Schwarber with a 97-mile-an-hour heater down the middle. Schwarber did not swing. Uh, OG Gary, Old Miss is taking care of Bama, and Oregon takes care of CU, but I think CU covers. You think CU covers that number. Okay. How much do you guys care about, about Coach Prime? Let's just, let's just get it out there. Let's uh, say, hey, hey, bud. Yeah. Strider started the game with a strikeout here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On a borderline curveball up. I just get the lube now. <laughs> Bro. Whatever. Um, what is that number? 21. I think it was this morning when I was looking at it. Which one? Uh, CU Oregon. Oh. Colorado, okay. Oregon, I think it's 21. Colorado. Colorado. Uh, I In Eugene, at Autzen, I think Oregon probably covers. Um, how much do you guys care about Coach Prime? Like, do you guys do you guys really care? Like, is it important to you? Like, I I care a lot. I do. Well, when like, how do you mean? Do we care? Because I, I I think do you pay attention to it. Of course you do. Of course you do. But are you invested in what? I'm invested in wins and losses at Colorado. Hundred percent. I'm yeah, not I a mean, prime fan. I'm not a Colorado fan. I'm invested in it. Yeah, I mean the idea that that you're you know you're Colorado is minus twenty one. Uh, uh, going up to Autzen. That's that's wild to me. Now, obviously, everyone thinks that Oregon's the better team. Everyone thinks that, you know, Oregon is is a college football playoff team, and and I don't necessarily disagree. They're three and zero, but the the over under at seventy one is what is very interesting to me because I think that this game has a a chance to just be a burner. I agree with the commenter saying, hey. We think that that uh, Colorado is going to cover this game. The only, the only question I have in this game is, does the defense improve for Colorado? Because, again, the linebackers and that defensive line have been a huge issue. The idea that you can't stop the run uh, uh, in, in, in an effective way and you allowed Colorado State to, to sort of build momentum off of the run and then they took shots – that's a big problem for me because Oregon's going to do the same thing. And the difference is, is Oregon has big-time athletes, bigger, stronger, faster dudes that can make better plays and can be more effective. So I I, I look at this number and I say, yeah, minus 21 for Oregon uh, and you don't have Travis Hunter, which would be Shador's favorite target. Yeah, that's a problem, man. And by the way, Travis Hunter obviously is one of their most important keys on defense. So I, I look at Colorado and, and I say, yeah, you know, good teams win, great teams cover, right? I think that Colorado's got an opportunity to cover, but the only way that they do that is that you have to stop the run initially because if, if Oregon's just going to say, hey, let's turn around, hand it off, run through the A-gap, and then let's let Bo, Bo Nix run around, Colorado's going to get run out of Autzen, dude. And, and that's what I'm really afraid of in this game for Dion. is 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 they just What does that mean, out run out? Well, well, if they can't stop the run... If Oregon in the first quarter comes out and is able to run, just run all over you, it breaks a big one off, grinds you out, whatever the case may be. And that would be Bo Nix. 
No. If Bo Nix gets loose. Well, yeah, Bo Nix, but I also think they're backs. Like, I, I think that Oregon understands, hey, we can win. We can take control of this game on the ground, and then we can get the passing game going. I, I think that that's where Colorado gets in big trouble. If Colorado comes out and is committed to stopping the run or at least containing Bo Nix, let's say, then I think they're in better shape. But again, I still think you're going to have trouble uh, uh, covering minus 21. I think Bucky Irving's a guy that is lucky to get to 40 yards a game. I think Bucky Irving's a guy that um, I think most people recognize is not the same guy that ran for 120 against Portland. He's very much the guy that we saw against Texas Tech. I think you you Hawaii, he ran for 59. I put I think if 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 Bucky Irving runs for 50 yards, Colorado has zero chance of being in this game. Yeah. And I think the bigger question is, how do you control the RPO in Bo Nix? Because I'd much rather have Bo Nix in the pocket throwing for 200 yards and beating Colorado if I'm Coach Prime mm-hmm. than Bo Nix throwing for 150 and running for 150. Because, A, Colorado doesn't play the run well at all. They don't have, in my opinion, they're not nearly as talented on the lines as Oregon is. I think you have to be worried about what Bo Nix is going to do to you here. Thanks. That's yeah, my. I completely agree. That's a big deal. Jeff Woodworth says Shadour needs to run more. He would be devastating as a dual threat. But I think Prime makes a really good point about why he doesn't run more. Because your risk of injury goes up significantly. Look at Bo Nix against Oregon State last year. Yeah. Bo Nix is basically playing on one leg the last three games of the year, was it, last year? I, I, I hate. Look at, look at what's going on at Utah. Cam Rising, running quarterback, can't do it, always getting hurt. Whether it's Richardson in the Colts or Cam up at, at Utah or whoever you want to point to, Jaron Hall at BYU. How many times did we did did Jaron Hall get hurt? Arizona State at the goal line, falling on Jaron Hall. Like you can't have John Reese Plumley, running dual threat quarterback, can't have it. He's out. Yeah, They're, the guys are too big. You have got to be able to throw the football to win the game as a quarterback. Yeah, you, you just. I just think there's too much there. I truly believe that there is too much chance for injury there. Uh, Gary Wolf Buffs won't have the home crowd mojo going for him this week. This is by far the exposure of Colorado. Yep. Who are they at a massive? Do you? Autzen is going to be lit. Lit. Uh, and Autzen's already a very difficult place to play. I think Autzen Stadium. Wow. Just just hit my boy Acuna. Let's go. Lead off home run. That's my guy right there, bro. That's my guy coming through for me on prize picks, baby. Let's go. So you needed him. I needed him, bro. I, I had Acuna more than one and a half bases tonight. Let's go. Well, there you Clutch. go. You, you you have way more karma on, on prize picks than I do. Than I do. That um, was clutch, dude. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Nice job. There you go. I don't even want to. I, I don't even want to get in. My prize picks are already a wreck because Spencer Strider struck out thirty-one guys in the first <laughs> inning. Pretty sure all thirty-one guys struck out right, against him. Right. Here's Jake with Ron, uh, Ronald Acuna already cashing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Max Tooley coming up in about fifteen minutes. Uh, let's see roundabout. Uh, Shador one day will get tired of Dion's BS. They're father and son. Yeah, there what is are you no talking about, dude. I think. This kind of comment is what drives me crazy. What BS is there from Dion? Because I've never heard a player say, yeah, I'm tired of his BS. 
What BS is there? Deion Sanders is a guy that puts you in the NFL. <laughs> Period. Nice. Deion Sanders makes you money, gets you educated, and puts you in the NFL. And you know the other thing I thought was so interesting? The post-game speech after the Colorado State game where he talked about character and not giving up and understanding that it was your responsibility to come out and play the game. Like, he's on message. The parents love him. The kids love him. The recruits love him. When you say tired of his BS, that's like you saying I'm tired of my dad's BS, so I'm not going to hang around my dad anymore. Yeah. like It doesn't work like that, man. Mm-mm. Uh, Bickelhoff, only chance CU has is to score a ton of points. A, it's going to take 40, 40, 42 points to beat Oregon if you're going to outscore them. And I think you got to turn Oregon over, too. I, I I think if you can find a way to – to, you're probably not going to get an interception thrown out of Bo Nix, but I think if you could find a way to get a strip fumble or something like that, like that's that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think it is, <laughs> bros, I think college football hurts. And I th- obviously not having Hunter is a big deal. Yes, it is. Um, my man Urania's already got a strikeout, by the Let's way. Let's go, baby. One and two-thirds, and he's got a strikeout. And zero earned runs. Let's go. Uh, I am... We'll see. All right, Mike Smith. I like when Shudor pulled a mo and poked the other player in the eyes retaliatory he's lucky he didn't get a flag for that yeah kevin the destroyer says cool jakey on acuna cool jakey uh bobert the bobert of colorado who's the bobert of colorado uh avery cope roundabout sure is getting a lot of attention his game-winning drive was on sports center for hours i don't know what storylines you've been following that's what i'm saying yeah like Dion's made Shador a ton of money jim Choi, isn't Shador driving a maybach yeah He's driving a $150,000 Mercedes-Benz legally. Come on now. Uh, Jim Choi, Colorado isn't going into Eugene with full strength and less game prep. They're going to lose. And there's nothing wrong with going to Eugene and losing. But I think that's the brilliance of it. The expectation is you're going to lose. And that's why I've been saying it's not whether you're going to win or lose. You're going to lose this game. It's how you lose the game. If this is some embarrassing performance, what is everyone going to say? Oh, first real opponent. You guys aren't legit. This is all a sham. But if you go in there and, and, and this is like a, you know, let's call it a, a, you know, 45, 38 barn burner or like just some crazy ass game. And people are like, yeah, dude, you were never going to win this game, but we respect the hell out of your performance. Like, that's what I think you have to accomplish this week if you're Dion, because I'm with you. You've been on this thing about how they can't stop the run or they're not good against the run, and that defensive line and those linebackers are not ready for it, and and I think that's going to shine this week. Yeah. Roundabout, I don't know. Like, w- w- explain it. Explain what you mean in spite of his father. Yeah, what does that mean, dude? I, I have no like I have no idea what that means in spite of his father. Like, I Why think, do you not like Dion? I think they're I think it's not that you don't you don't have to like Dion Sanders, but when you say shit like in spite of his father, like it just shows that you you clearly don't like him. You don't respect the I think people don't like outspoken, confident dudes. And everybody's making a big deal out of the thing Dion was asked about being the best coach in college football or who the best coach in college football is. 
on 60 Minutes and he said, let me get a mirror so I can see him. And he followed that up with, that's how I have to think. And I'm asking, what is wrong with that statement? If you don't believe that you are the best truck driver, mailman, football coach, talk show host, like what are you yeah. what are you doing? I, I I think it is it's in roundabout with all due respect, we don't know each other. I just think you um yeah, I just think you you're one of those guys who will never say a nice thing about Deion Sanders. And, and I, I just I, would love to understand it. I when you look at what he's done at Colorado, they sold out every single ticket for football games this year. Today. Every ticket's gone. Let that sink in. Every ticket is gone. That's wild. It's a huge success. And he says the only way Colorado keeps it close is to score a bunch of points, but guess what? Oregon leads the Pac-12 in QB pressure. That's what I'm saying. Shador's yes, going to be running around in this game, and, and, and my biggest concern here is that Travis Hunter is really good at, at, at off-schedule route running, understanding, hey... I got a mirror Shador here. I got a, you know, if he's rolling out right, I got to, I got to go that way, you know? And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that, you know, you're not just like against Nebraska, Shador could run around and be slippery and buy time. Oregon makes those tackles. Oregon runs him down because they have better athletes because they recruit better. They're a better program than Nebraska is. And that's my concern is Shador is not going to be able to just run away from these guys the same way he's been able to because they are better. Yep, totally agree. Jim Choi, Coach Prime has done a fine job raising his kids. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you would complain about. OG Gary Dion has mad vision and is the new age coach. He is. He is. Uh, Greg Hill, Dion's sons will run through concrete for him. And why wouldn't they? Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Dion ain't no LeVar Ball. But you don't need to... You don't need to question the way a man raises his kids. Are his kids healthy, happy, well-adjusted, successful human beings? They are. His sons are. His daughters are wildly successful. I, I don't care the values he instills in his kids. Are they dregs of society? No, they're not. No. So what business is it of ours? Uh, Roundabout says you need to read the post previous to that one. I did, and it makes no sense. It ma it makes absolutely no sense. You said I wish Shador success, and I hope he plays on Sundays in spite of his father. W what is that? What has that got to do with the price of of marijuana in Colorado? Like I don't understand. Like you just won't you won't say it no matter what. Anybody says about Deion Sanders, you're going to be negative. Just own that. Yeah. Just own that. And nobody said you're anti-Shador. Nobody said that. You're anti-Deion. Period. I, I don't. Don't say. Why like, won't you confusing? just. Why won't you. Don't get combative. Own your bullshit. Don't get combative. You said something. You're being held accountable for it. Now stand and deliver on the point. You're never going to say anything nice about Deion Sanders. You're that guy. And I'm fine with that, but just admit that. Don't question him as a father. Don't question if Shador should get away from Dion or in spite of Dion. Just say, I don't like Dion and I'm never going to say anything nice about him. It's that simple. But you wanna you wanna argue over it. And I'm just telling you, there's nothing, there's nothing to argue about. Yeah. 
Agreed. In my opinion, some people just will never say anything nice about Prime, and I'm fine with that. Dion is straight up. He walks it uh, like he talks it. CU will show up and could surprise. He's a class act and great for the NCAA. He instills pride in his kids. I think any football coach that advocates for life after football the way that Dion does, I don't know how you can be upset with that. Like, do you understand how much football hurts? Do you understand how hard it is to succeed as a college football player? Do you understand the attention and the microscope that the average college football player is on on his campus? And then just think about the star players, the best quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, linebackers. And then throw Deion Sanders and the fact that it says Sanders on the back of your jersey and you're Deion's son and you're the starting quarterback. Do you know how many daddy ball references that kid has to get over every day? So many, dude. Just to get to practice, he's got to weed through daddy ball. And then try being Shiloh Sanders, who wears 21 and looks just like his dad. You know how big that pick six was for Shiloh Sanders? But yet, you just want to throw Hayes at him. Yeah, you're the kid who's not the quarterback of the team. And, in fact, you play the same position your dad did. Good luck. Yeah, it's wild to me. Uh, Mike Smith, not sure why you're telling him to own it when he he has owned it. It's his opinion. Yeah, but why try to hide it under, I wish nothing but the best for Shador in spite of his dad? Well, and then say that we said you were anti-Shador. We never said you were anti-Shador. We said you're anti-prime. And just say you're anti-prime and you'll never say anything nice about him. Yeah. That's that's all. I'm I like it's your opinion, dude. I don't care what your opinions are. But I I I love the fact that that people in the comments tend to get combative when you get questioned about the things that you say. Yeah. When you're questioning the way a guy has parented his kid, I'm gonna take issue with that. Especially when his kid is a student at Colorado, a really high functioning human being who is excelling in the classroom and excelling in football. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't know is Shador and Shiloh and Deion Sanders Jr. are excellent students. Excellent students. They're exactly what's right about college life, especially for student-athletes. Yes. But they're succeeding in spite of Deion Sanders. It's, it's, it's just nonsensical. Yeah. It's it, it, you don't have to like Prime, but to question his fathering, his his parenting rather, question him as a father. I think I just think that goes too far. You know what I mean? Like I just think it goes too far. Um, Shador is an amazing player, Daddy Ball. I wish he QB'd my team seriously. Yeah, I mean, did you see what he was doing against the Colorado State guys after that uh, hit on Travis Hunter? Like getting in that guy's face and like. Dude, Shador, Shador's a dog, man. That guy is going to get after you repeatedly. And and I just think it really, like, I understand that there's resentment that, hey, the the Maybach or that they're, that they're, you know, they have this, some people refer to the way Deion Sanders, you know, goes about it as like an arrogant style. Or like, okay, cool, that's fine. I, if that's your opinion, okay, fine. I disagree with that. Okay. But the reason I think we sometimes need to call folks out on the show to own it is because you're you're making it, a personal thing like he's not raising his kids well i got news for you dude shador sanders wouldn't be at colorado without dion and i'm not saying that shador wouldn't have gotten to a d1 power five program 
if if he wasn't playing for his dad. But just understand the path here. You, do you think that this is an accident that they went to Jackson State, had success, then jumped to Colorado? You think that's like an accident or not a plan? Like, this is a family thing that they're building. And yes, they are going to go to the NFL, and they are going to be top 10 picks. You can be damn sure of that after how they've performed. Well, and the other thing that people don't want to talk about is Deion's done a great job developing his players, like as yeah. football players. He has, and I don't think anybody realizes this, he has one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Go look at his roster. Do you understand? He has, Dude, do you understand how easy it would be at Colorado for players to have resentment over Shador being a starting quarterback? Oh do you understand how careful you have to be as if you're Dion about making sure that the locker room respects that Shador's actually earned that job and not just been given it? That's what I respect about Dion is that yeah. you don't hear anything about issues like that. Yep. Uh, Mike Smith is Harbaugh, a father, and is his son playing quarterback on his team? I, look. And maybe Jim Harbaugh is the great anti-hero here. Like, Jim Harbaugh is what's wrong with college football. It's a defense. And I have covered him for a lot of years. And Jim Harbaugh, I can tell you firsthand, I don't believe Jim Harbaugh cares about his kids. I, I truly do not. I think Jim likes graduation rates and... I think the problem that I have with Jim Harbaugh is he blames his kids. Yeah. The problem that I have with Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh doesn't have accountability for himself. And I think that's one of the reasons that he he tends to run amok. And this uh, this constant Oh, going back to the NFL. NFL rumors, Jim Harbaugh, NFL like it it, it it's just frustrating to me that Jim Harbaugh is put up as this model football coach, yet what do we have? Jim Harbaugh serving a three-game suspension that's going to be much more than that next year. Yeah. Because he wasn't honest. He didn't operate at a, a high level of integrity. And when he was asked about it, then allegedly he wasn't honest again. So I just, I don't know, man. Philosophically, I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of different tastes about football coaches. And, oh, well, there he is. Max Tooley. Uh -oh. Maximus. Maximus. Mac, my guy. With the, with the interception, my guy. Let's go, baby. Who, by the way, everybody, forget about football. How is your wife, Max Tooley? <laughs> She's good. She's solid. How are you as a husband, dude? Max Tooley got married this summer. Like I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Um, you know, she makes she brings the standard high, so she always uh, expects a lot. So that's how marriage is supposed to be, though. Does marriage change you? Like, how is how is that? Because it was fun. I Max, you guys should follow Max Tooley on Instagram. Watching your wedding on watching all the pictures and just seeing, and this is probably corny, but I'm I'm being dead serious, bro. The happiness in your face on that day and the just the glow that you guys had, like when you think about like that's got to change you as a dude. Oh yeah. No, for sure. They people always say that that getting married changes you a little bit, but yeah, that day was was one of those days that for sure you're not gonna feel that same sort of joy again. Um so yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Happy, well, happy welcome day. to the welcome to the old white guy club at, at BYU. I know you guys are all married and whatnot, yeah. but you took your 
you took your life down to Arkansas, and my God, you know, you and I, when I saw you last winter, you and I talked about big plays and interceptions and being around the football, and you told me how much you love that. How much fun was playing a huge role on that defense in a win over Arkansas? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, everyone everyone watching the broadcast, everyone there at the game, you could feel the excitement in the in the air. Um, but yeah, it's everything you want out of a big time matchup like that, an SEC game going down there um, in front of their home stadium in one of their most packed games they've ever had in their you know in their time as a football program, which is a long a long time. So you know, it was a really good feeling to to leave there with a dub. Um, you know. Show, show those SEC fans what we're made of um, and always always showing up for the BYU fans. So. Let's go. Max Tooley from BYU joins us on the Monty Show. You know, one of the other things that, that I thought was so interesting was the gravity and the magnitude of the moments. I think it's a really important statement for you guys with all the questions, with all the changes you guys made defensively. To see Tyler Batty be the the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, uh, to see the contribution that you and, and Bywater had, to see the core of, of this defensive group that's been here now and went through all those changes, I don't know, is thriving too strong of a word, but to see you guys performing at such a high level, you've got to take some satisfaction in that. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. After first couple games against, you know, Teams, teams where we know we should have handled them. Um, it's kind of hard to gauge exactly where we're at. But, yeah, going and beating Arkansas, really showing improvement week to week. Um, that's what we've been aiming to do, and that's what we aim to do this coming week as well. So, Yeah, and I, I think before I ask you about Kansas, I do want to ask you about one other thing with you. You look faster. You look stronger. You look like a, a, a really refined athlete right now. What did you do this summer to get yourself in this position? Because I, you know, with all due respect, I just think you look light years better than I've ever seen you as a football player, especially from a speed from a speed department. I saw you overrun a tackle, and you probably don't want me to point that out, but I saw you overrun a tackle because you are a jackrabbit getting to the flat there. Like, what did you do this summer to get yourself in this position? I mean, shoot, yeah, my whole, my whole, uh, you know, goal this off season was just to gain, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds, whatever I could. So, you know, most of that was, you know, focusing in on my diet, eating, eating the calories, but, you know, as well, coming off of a shoulder surgery, I was just trying to, you know, train my lower body, get my lower body as explosive as possible. Um, you know, put some weight down there, put some weight wherever I can once my shoulder got a little healthier. And yeah, naturally that, that speed with the training we do here, um, that that kind of just comes, but I, I appreciate the the words. Um, yeah, dude, you I, I you look, uh, I look faster. So <laughs> yeah, you look fast, my guy. And you know, I want to ask you about Jacob Robbins then, because this is not a defense that's known or hasn't been in the last several years. I think I think you guys have had coverage issues. I think watching your ability this year from the D line, you know, to the linebackers and behind the linebackers in that secondary, it just looks like. You guys are faster, more prepared, and more skilled. How good is your secondary, and how good are the guys behind you right now? No, yeah, I mean those those guys have come in and they've they've uh, they've asked to do or they've been asked to do a lot in our in our new defense. You know, they're asked to play a lot of man coverage. Um, you know, having Eddie, having Cam um, coming from Weber, those guys have been clutch, and obviously Jacob's been making plays all over the all over the field the first three games. 
Um, so, yeah, it's been huge. It's huge for, for every part of the defense, you know, the defensive line, the linebackers. There's going to be more plays to be made when those guys are locking down their coverage. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. And you're going to have to lock your coverage down this week because obviously Lawrence is no uh, pleasure cruise, and now Jalen Daniels looks great. What does that Kansas offense look like on tape? No, yeah, I mean, they're they're a big physical offensive line, um, great quarterback, great athlete. Um, you know, you show show a lot of similarities to what Arkansas brought to the table. Um, their their O line does move; they move, they get lateral, they they they're not afraid to come downhill. So yeah, it's going to be another physical test for us. Um, but we're excited. You know, they've always been one of the better offenses in the Big Twelve the past couple of years. So we're excited to take on the challenge, starting out our season in the Big Twelve, starting out BYU's career in the Big Twelve. So. Indeed. And the, the last thing I'll ask you about is discipline, because one of the things I'm so curious about, how have you guys graded out through the first couple of games on assignment sound football? Because I think one of the things you, we haven't seen a lot of wide open guys. We haven't seen a lot of guys out of position leading to big plays. I feel like you guys have been pretty disciplined, pretty assignment sound. Have you been and how much room for improvement in that area is there? Um. Yeah, you know, there, there's obviously been mistakes, you know, like you, like you mentioned earlier, open field tackles that should have been made. Um, am I still on? Sorry. I, no, you're good. Yeah. Okay. We just no, wanted yeah. to center you up with the mustache <laughs> and the beautiful background. I don't know. I don't know what the, what, what y'all can see if you can see the camera. But, um, uh, yeah, no, it's just a matter of fixing the things week to week. Yeah. We, we've uh, we've been able to close in on some mistakes, fix fix some mistakes each week. Um, but yeah, scheme wise, yeah, we're doing we're doing a good job. We're still picking up the defense fully, and, and at least me personally. But yeah, Justin Anna, he grades us pretty tough. So I mean, there's a lot of room for improvement, especially in the backer end. Um, we got a lot of plays out there that we should have made. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always my harshest critic as well. I know where I need to, to step it up and to make some changes so well you know Kalani told us at uh, Big 12 football media days you're one of his favorite football players so right? yeah and and hey wait I gotta ask you about the name pronunciation thing his name is Satake not Sataki and apparently he won't correct people on that so do you call him coach Sataki or S coach Satake I just call him Kalani he likes us to call him Kalani <laughs> he's, he's that kind of coach you know <laughs> We're, we're at a first name uh, basis, you know, I've known him for five and a half, five years. So, you know, he's, he's just a friend at this point, you know, obviously we have, we have a lot of respect for the guy, but yeah, that's how he likes to be addressed. Um, so. Yeah. That came out on, uh, on the broadcast over the weekend. Too. So yeah, you know, I'll probably just say Sataki, you know, I'm not, I don't got the, the Polynesian dialect down. <laughs> <laughs> my guy well look married max Tooley. uh i hope you are you continue to thrive stay healthy man it's a it's a heck of a appreciate lot of fun to watch you play football thanks for hopping on the phone and good luck in lawrence this weekend all right appreciate you guys thank you there you go max Tooley, uh the linebacker at byu and I, i'm telling you he looks really good mm -hmm. he looks really good and i i i just think the world of this byu defense so far because I think the character that came out in that Arkansas game, that was not an easy win. That was a difficult win. That was a 
That was one of those games that could easily have gone one way or the other, and BYU just made plays. Max made plays. I think it's that discipline you talk Man. about, right? I mean, if, if you're going to win those close games, you have to be disciplined with doing your job. And, and, yes. and I know it's like the corny, cliche thing to be like, hey, if each guy, you know, if each of the 11 guys just does their job, we're going to be in a great spot as a team. But that truly is the situation on defense. Like, Max Tooley is an integral part of what the BYU defense does. And and if he, you know, if he, you know, misses this one tackle, that could lead to something else. So the fact that he's added weight, he is faster, he is making more plays, he's do like the, just performing at a higher level, that that is only going to help that defense thrive. And and I think thrive is the word. This defense looks more energetic. We don't have to talk about rush one drop nine like we don't have to do that anymore <laughs> right like, I, I i just it was it, it, it last year's defense with all due respect because i i love the boys down there but last year's defense was just as i always say unimaginative very boring very rigid in in concept and scheme right we're just going to drop back we're going to play a bunch of zone and let's just hope for the best that's essentially what you were doing on defense and this year's defense is much better than that. There's more creativity. There's more playmaking. There's more freedom yeah. within the scheme. And I think that is why you see guys making plays. You mean this is why? This is why. My bad. Uh, big shout out to uh, Aaron Wilson, who, as usual, is gifted to memberships. Let's go, baby. Aaron, appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, all of our college football talk on the Monty Show, as always, presented by our friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you get your $10 30-day membership at TridayTrading.com. It's 30 days to show you the rest of your life. And if I said, give me $10, I'll show you the rest of your life, you would say, yes, go and do it at Triday Trading. They take that $10, they give it to charity, so it's a tax write-off. And then you get their entire program for 30 days. What do you have to lose? If it's not for you in those 30 days, walk away at the end. You don't have to pay anything. There's no obligation. Right, but you're going to do what everybody else has done. Everybody else sees the earning potential. Everybody else sees the absolute career and growth and human development that happens when you challenge yourself to live the best life possible. That's what TridayTrading.com gives you. They give you the opportunity to live your best life. Stop complaining about your boss or your job or having to go back to the office and get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show, um, real quick. And you know what? Damn, dude. We were at the driving range this morning. I, I caught my forewood on a rope that's damn. laying across the ground. And I have absolutely... I'm a mess. Yeah. The thigh cramp is gone now. But man, my finger is killing me. And I got a golf tournament tomorrow. We'll be on early tomorrow. We'll be on at uh, 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern tomorrow morning. Uh, right here on the Monty Show. Uh, Want to remind you of that? Uh, Maury Alvarez says Maximus. Love that dude. Love what a stud, that dude. dude. Hey, by the way, quick update on Prize Picks. Yeah, uh, you have uh, we both hit a winner on Jose Urania. He's Let's got go. Three strikeouts. Jose Urania, nice job. Uh, so I am officially in the winners pool for tonight. Ronald Cunha, thank you so much. Appreciate you, dude. Spencer Strider has thirty-one strikeouts, so that's a loss. No, for you're me. actually. Uh, I think he's only got four, and he's through almost through the third here. So I think you're in a good place. Okay. You need less than less than I nine. I need less than nine. Mm -hmm. Let's see what Aaron Aaron Judge has a hit. Let's see what. Uh, no, that's not prize. Picks. No, no, no. Did you ever notice that TikTok does whatever the hell it feels like? 
Okay. Oh, man. Aaron Judge has five. So you're good. I No, I need all three to win tonight. Oh, you power play. I, I'm broke as fuck, dude. Of course I power play. <laughs> Excuse my French. Yeah, I, of course I power played. Oh, that's funny, dude. I need that a I need another funny, base hit out of my dude. guy Aaron Judge. But you're but you're on track, right? I'm so, on track. So yeah. you've got Screw you, Spencer Strider. Urania Urania is a winner for you. Pull a groin, dick. Wow. <laughs> but want, man, I don't want him to get hurt. Man. I just want him to give up bombs. And yeah. I want him to strike out less than ten batters. So he needs to strike out n- nine or less. Yeah. Nine or less. I'm under, you know. Oof. Man, he, he just got threw gas, 98 dude. mile an hour gas, gas. past Schwarber. Um, hey, real quick before we get out of here. Yeah. Do we save TB12 in, in Giselle? Yeah, we can save for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Gonzalez says, is Monty the Bernie Madoff of pro- power picks? Yeah, dude. Gonzalez. You're welcome uh, for the Urania pick. Thank you, Aaron. Oh, that was tough. That was tough, dude. That's not good. Strider's got three strikeouts now. Uh, if BYU goes to Kansas and takes care of business and gets the dub, where do you think they will end up this season? Could be seven wins. Callahan says Jose Uranus. Yes. No, uh, I, I have Uranus. bad news. He's what? got five strikeouts. He's got five strikeouts? Yes, he does. Yeah, it's over. Five strikeouts, yeah. You know what, Lopes fan Gabe? I'm never talking to you again until next time. Yeah. He's got five strikeouts. Uh, Bickelhoff, Dion admitted to the team – it was his fault the team got distracted and lost focus for the last two games. Well, he certainly said that about Colorado State. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, but as far as BYU goes, I mean, I, I think if you go to Kansas and win, you're a legit contender in the in the Big 12. Oh, if you go to Kansas and win, now now we're having a, a completely different conversation about this BYU team. I, I, I think that... Their schedule is just so that, difficult. Yeah, but that might be true. But but now we can talk about, hey, like we, we don't have to wonder if you're going to be bowl eligible. You, you win this game, the whole bowl eligible conversation is over. You're going to be bowl eligible. You should beat Cincinnati. TCU is probably a loss. It's in Fort Worth. Texas Tech in, in Provo, that's going to be interesting. Texas is a loss. Yeah. West Virginia should be a win. That could be, if you win your 4-0, 5-0 Cincinnati, and your sixth win could be West Virginia, Iowa State, and then you finish with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So you got to make hay now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you can win this game, you are pretty much a lock to be bowl eligible. Yeah. You know. Uh, Paxton said, hook him, boy. Hook him, boy. Hugh Janus and Jose Cousins. Okay. Hugh Janus. Monty, pull up the BYU schedule. We did. Hugh Janus. We did. We did. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best entry attorneys in the business, hands down, theadvocates.com, where you never pay a penny to work with The Advocates. You don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case, so talk to an injury attorney online for free. Don't pay a penny. Online for free right now, theadvocates.com, 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on The Mozzie Show. Until tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.